The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Starry Night Theater Podcast. I'm your host, Alex. And I'm your other host, DJ. And this episode is sponsored by JDS Electrical, Inc. Licensed and insured. Call 716-523-2711 for all your electrical needs. I would just like to point out that this is our second time recording this very <laughs> podcast. We gave it a shot Sunday before the show. We all came here. We have three guests from the show, Sweeney Todd. And uh, we put in, what, two hours, like 15 minutes? Yeah. And uh, lost the time. Lost the time. You'll never get to know what we said. Yeah. The lost, that's the archives. That's the lost this episode. is the lost episode. <laughs> that's what, in like a couple years, we we'll have to put that out for money or something. Yeah, just, for know. sure. Monetize that. Yeah, definitely. Even if someone's coming through a camera, just still <laughs> post it. We'll just write a script of it. We'll, we'll, we'll get the camera stuff and that stuff and just. Ooh, we'll make a play out of it. All right. 2024 yeah. season coming at you. <laughs> the Lost Podcast. <laughs> I'm in. Brilliant. I'm Ironically, in. we named it the worst pod in London. Yeah, and we un- just brought it upon ourselves. As cute of a name as it was <laughs> and as funny as it was, I feel like we can't actually name this one that because it's probably most know. definitely I cursed. I feel like it deserves <laughs> the same name. But anyways, we should probably introduce ourselves. Well, yeah. We're yeah, just like yeah, yeah. talking. No one knows who we are. We already did this. So like, <laughs> we're all just going to relive a conversation we already had. This is a fever dream. Y'all are hearing this fresh, hot, out the kitchen. All of us, we've made the meal, dropped the meal, now making it again. <laughs> dropped it all over the he's floor. Coming, he's coming hot off the bear. I am. I really... <laughs> kitchen is where my brains are right now. All right. 86, that lost episode, you know? <laughs> all right, everyone, uh, introduce yourselves, please. Hi, my name is Casey, and I play Joanna in Sweeney Todd. Hi, my name is Trevor Stone, and I am Anthony in the same production of Sweeney Todd. Wow. What are Everyone the odds? Guessed. What, are, what, what a coincidence. Shock and awe. Uh, uh, hello, my name is Kaylee Horowitz, and I play the beggar woman in the very same production of Sweeney Todd. <gasps> what a coincidence. Okay, I'm just seeing that this podcast is going to be off the charts already. <laughs> already we're like, all right, we've already done this. So I, I'm going to... Assassin sarcasm is already At the, the top room. of this, I'm going to give the spoiler warning. Um, Sean, I think we talked about you at one point. Yes. Um, which one? You'll find out if we get back to it. I give some spoilers. <gasps> How dare. Suspense. That's true. We got into some spoiling stuff and also uh, the Muppets last episode. No. So. Yeah. <laughs> We the Muppets. Jump back into my Muppets no. conversation. No. This is where Kaylee really shines this in case anyone I is wondering. Thrive. All right, this is at hour two, everyone. You can either 
close this podcast, <laughs> pretend that it finished, or you can stay on at hour two mark where you yeah. will hear about the Muppets <laughs> yeah. version of Sweeney Todd. No, I think that's a great incentive. If you care about like Muppets casting and you want to know my Muppet Sweeney Todd cast, stick around. <laughs> so we really just want to recreate this same exact yeah. podcast. <laughs> right. Okay, but this time we'll talk about the beef yeah, up first, front. Yes. First, which where, I think is better. Yeah, yeah. This is last time it got lost in the sauce. It did. Uh-huh, the pie sauce. That's right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Everyone get their beef out. Who, who's starting? Beef. Beef. I beef, think we should all beef. start with the same one. Okay. The same exact beef. And everybody's looking at we me. We have to say it at the same time. Okay. On the count of three. One, <laughs> two, three. Daddies. Daddies. You need one. Because I was going to say technology. I didn't know which one we were going to start with. Why are people so afraid of technology? No. Technology. Technology also, um, because our first one got lost, which we already talked about. Yeah. So, yeah, big beef with technology. Yeah. Big beefy technology. Big beefy technology. That's that's why I was afraid. So that's really got to say something. (laughs) Um, Wow. So... Denny's. Denny's. So everybody who's been in a show before, you know that after one of the nights, you may go out as a cast. and There's a pilgrimage that happens. You might still be in hair and makeup. You're tired. Mm -hmm. It's been a long Mm -hmm. night. It's 11 o'clock. People are gone. The roads are empty. And yet the beacon of hope that exists at the end of the road. And it is not the golden arches of McDonald's. It is Denny's. So we as a cast, we were sitting here thinking, okay, we have some kids that are not yet 21, so we couldn't go to a bar to get like wings or anything. So we're like, Denny's safe, beautiful, gorgeous. Breakfast all day, every day. So now you're asking us, guys, why do you have beef with Denny's? Well, here's the thing. When you get to a restaurant... I don't think anybody's that concerned. <laughs> I'm choosing... The people need to know. To think... I've been told people were patiently waiting for this. Yes, because of the Denny's debacle. Yeah. The Denny's debacle. (laughs) So, here's the thing. That's what it should be called. The Denny's debacle. (laughs) Denny debacle slash birthday gate. We'll let Casey take care of that part. Honestly, I feel like you told it better, Trevor, birthday gate. So, there is twofold to the Denny's debacle. Mm -hmm. There's the first part, which is birthday gate which Trevor will start because he did a good time, good, a good job of that last yeah. time. And then the second half of the Denny's debacle is hashtag justice for Taylor's hash browns. Oh. <laughs> Rock and roll. Rock, Rock and roll. roll. <laughs> okay, so let's, everybody, let's take a deep breath. I feel like we're all the way up here. Let's save that for the hour two mark. Let's, okay, all right. Okay. Okay. And then what happens hour three? <laughs> hour <Whoa>. three. <laughs> After hours. Going last time. Yeah. You we, never know. Well, we don't have a show after this one, so really That's the sky is the limit. We could be here as long as we need to. Yeah, I have nowhere to be in the morning. <laughs> my sleeping bag's in my car. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Sleep Just over. open the theater. <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah. Okay, I feel so bad. So, Denny's. Hold on to the beef. Don't feel bad. Tell it like it is. Okay, so here's the thing with Denny's. We leave the theater and we get there at 11.15. We are hungry. We are cranky. And certain people had not slept in hours and were acting all sorts of wild, right? So we get there. <laughs> and it's a pretty large group of us, I would I would have to say. I think we had like 13, 14 people at that table. Absolutely. And as a previous server, you know, when you see a group that 
<laughs> sighs come in. You sigh deeply. And especially when you can tell that they're from a show because a cast <laughs> has a certain air about them. You start sweating. <laughs> and Denny said, you know what? We're going to take what seems to be our newest guy on the staff and heart. throw him to the wolves. <laughs> he, did, he did the best he could. I will say, like, the problem wasn't, like, the service. It was just my, my poor mans didn't have any support. <laughs> he they didn't know them for the wolves. No, he did not know the menu. The amount no. of times that he would leave our table. So... It took a while. First off, never got a refill of my beverage. Still, oh. I'm still thirsty about that. <laughs> you know Thank you. So, this man comes, takes her order. Clearly, doesn't know the menu that well, and that's okay. Yeah. We've all been new to a job. No big deal. But what baffled me was we put in our 13 people order, and I, I think almost every single person he would leave, come back, go. That comes with an egg. How do you want that? Would leave. Come back. That comes with french fries. Is that okay? Leave. Come back. That comes with chocolate sauce. Is that okay? Leave. Come back. That comes with an egg. Leave. Come back. What do you want to drink? Leave. Come back. And I it do was remember the egg question multiple times. Multiple times. And then we had to ask for napkins. Yeah. And this man, I kid you not, I think a full tree made up this pile of napkins that we had. Um, <laughs> But regardless of all of that, what was really wild was, and we all who have worked in restaurants know there's a few options. You either bring food as it's ready or you hold it at the risk of it going dead, right? So this man, which rightfully so, decided to bring us each out our food items as they came. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I finished my food, my my pancakes. Mm -hmm. And now diagonal from the table to me is Alex. No food insight so much and so i had the easiest oh. one you, know, you and ben were both Sandwiches. sandwich people I had blt yeah i can i i could have made you that be i could have gotten back there. <laughs> like, i was expecting mine to take a while i was like i got like bacon and mm-hmm. like bacon pancakes and all this other little stuff on the side and and like a bunch of like like combo dinners those were coming out right away, which was really surprising. And that's also where the hash browns come in. Which I feel like the hash browns should be saved for last. Oh, right? yeah. We'll save the hash browns okay. for last. <laughs> so then what happens is I see Ben and Alex have no food. And I'm not that type of person that's going to like say, hi, like we haven't gotten their food yet. No, I am anti-confrontational. So I will out, and I said this out loud, Wait, so you ordered a BLT and you haven't gotten it yet? Which I think is worse now. Looking that, at that's a hundred percent worse. Passive aggressive way um, to handle it. I would it. spit on their sandwich. <laughs> I'm sorry. I go, in the comments. Tell me, was I wrong? And that's okay. Am I yeah. wrong? Are you gonna look at me <laughs> like I'm wrong? She came down in a bubble, Doug. No. So eventually, their food came, and as it got delivered to the table. Alex was like, "Can I also have a box?" Because yeah, we, we were it's all almost two in the morning. Go. Yeah, right. And what we got there at like eleven something, eleven ten, eleven fifteen. Yeah. yeah. So, which added to the delirium of the whole evening, which added to the okay. shenanigans that well, transpired. Yeah. I'm gonna call Jared out. I'm gonna my first shout out of the episode <laughs> is going to be Jared because this man decided to chug a Red Bull at ten forty five p.m. Our show is over. 
Alex, for some reason, had a Red Bull and decided to give it to him. We know he has no impulse control when it comes to energy drinks. I know. That's kind of why I did it. So this man is on the ground. But, so, that's our main beef. Next up in this beef is birthday game. And it all starts with me. So It's me. I'm the main character. I, I mean, honestly. So here's the thing. I avoid strangers' eye contact as much as I can because this is a humble brag, but I have one of those personalities that people are drawn to, and I can never get away from them. They will follow me and talk to me. Once you start talking to me, you won't stop, and I won't have the heart to tell you to stop. Trevor, right. it's just a hot commodity. You know, what can this is why I don't talk. <laughs> But, like, you just look at my face, (laughs) and people are like, oh, that's a face you want to talk to. He's a cinnamon roll. But So I avoid eye contact like nobody's business, especially in a moment like this. But alas, I look up from my pancakes, and I see this man, these two men, walking directly at me, eyes locked, my stomach sinks. Because there is intent in their their walk, in their face. What is about to happen? Looks at me and goes, you're Casey, right? I'm not Casey. <laughs> I'm, standing next, I'm sitting next to him, which and, is on brand. Right. Yeah. So I, I point to Casey, <laughs> and they go, Casey, hey, it's your birthday, right? <laughs> Casey, when's your birthday? April 18th. I'm an Aries. It, we're nowhere near my birthday. <laughs> Nowhere near it whatsoever. So they immediately latch onto her and they start getting the crowd excited. They're like, oh my God, happy birthday. And the crowd. And the crowd. <laughs> the, the whole yeah. restaurant. And the I crowd say, slash for, the patrons. He's minding their own business at like 1 a.m. Like, yeah, I was going to say, it's like 1231 in the morning at that point. There are actually a lot of there people. There were a lot of people at right. Denny's. Because there's one a lot of options. A, a lot of them are the old back. people. <laughs> I was all shocked ages. at the. There, all there were, ages, I felt like I just kept looking at all the tables of young people, though. Like there, I know there were some yeah. older folks that were kind of coming in as we were heading out, which was also weird. I was like, it is almost two o'clock in the morning. What are you doing coming <laughs> in right now? Early bird gets the worm. So also to preface this, so the early, one, early, early bird special. <laughs> so just to clear some of this confusion up, because everyone's probably wondering, like, what what is happening here? So. The one guy I knew from college, and it was weird because we had also run into each other randomly at a different restaurant like a few weeks ago, totally there for separate reasons. So it was just like a weird coincidence. So that was kind of the initial intent. But his friend was really the instigator of this. And this person is the person I have never met before. Um, So then he starts the whole birthday singing and I'll let you. And this is why you never bring an 18 year old to Denny's at one in the morning. Morning. Heath, Joey. Second shout Joey. out. Yeah, second shout out. Thought he was hilarious to egg them on. He just got really excited. He, he did. I think he did think it was your birthday for a second. No, he definitely didn't. Did he because he, he heard. He's a good actor. And he just was excited that. I don't know. Someone was like, "Well, then he says, <laughs> I don't really know what the someone was he just doing." Got something. really excited about this guy singing "Happy Birthday" to me. So then he starts clapping with such fervor and excitement that the whole rest of the restaurant, yeah. corner to corner, every single person in there is not only clapping along but chanting my name. 
and the fact that it's your 30th birthday. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then, well, no, not just my 30th birthday, which, You're, by the way, I'm not 30. No. Um, but shout out if you are 30, like, slay. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but not, it wasn't just that it was my 30th birthday. It was my dirty 30, yeah. according to Joey. So, yeah, I was sitting there. And I, I'm a person who embar- who gets embarrassed easily in the moment, even mm-hmm. though this is hilarious to look back on it yeah. now. But in the moment, I, we're all delirious. We're starving, right? And I'm sitting there just, like, watching this whole restaurant of Denny's <laughs> cheering my name and singing me happy birthday. And I don't even like, if I go to a restaurant for my birthday, yeah, don't. Don't have the waiter come over and sing happy birthday. Like, I don't Just I, bring I don't me my scoop of ice cream with a sliver of cake and leave. And the saddest part about this is I didn't even get a free dessert or anything right. because this person didn't even work for the restaurant. So, so yeah, that is that is birthday gate, which but we will come can, back to. I was going to say, like, it, it fluctuates back and forth, but we have that happen. And then Joey same Joey uh, <laughs> get into his own bout of trouble as as the food was starting Which to arrive brings us into hashtag justice for Taylor's hash yes. browns yes so uh, you know as we said earlier the food is coming out in all these weird stages right and the waiter hands Taylor, uh, which is one of our amazing ensemble members, Yay. hands Taylor her food. And Joey, the, his, the look on his face, he like zones in on her food. And he's like, that's mine. And grabs her plate, <laughs> swipes it in front of him. And then Taylor was like, oh, gosh, sorry. Like, he gave it to me. Like, because they ordered something similar, but yeah. not really. So she was like, OK, here, like, whatever. Like, here, take your food. Then, with the same fervor that he was clapping for birthday gate, starts shoveling in these hash browns. Like they owed like, him money. <laughs> yeah. like he was like, going in on them. I blinked, and like those primal. hash browns yeah, were almost gone. gone. I mean, like it almost looked like a cartoon, the way that he was yeah. shoveling <laughs> this food in his mouth. It was insanity. Wait, so is then, it safe to say he's a gremlin that you're not supposed to eat <laughs> after midnight? Eat him after midnight. Because <laughs> we did. It. This and may this have is been all... our fault. <laughs> what, five, ten minutes past? So he looks down and I see his face. And he's I was basically like, already committed oh, the no. entire crime and of he having looked, eaten almost all the hash He breaths. looks up at me and he's, he's let his face just drops and he says... <laughs> I don't think that was my food. <laughs> and then Taylor is next to me. Again, we're all delirious, right? So yeah. the look no, no, on no. her face. Only half the table. That's fair. <laughs> Only half. There were two, two halves of the table. Two sides of the table. One was pure chaos, chaos. incarnate. which One was, was putting like hot sauce in Coca-Cola or Dr. Pepper. And creamer. And, and coffee creamer. Just Anarchy, and the other Absolute half anarchy. was having polite conversation about cats, about cats, which I was very upset that I was not. Part yeah, of. I also wanted to be part of the nice conversation part, and I was just <laughs> in the chaos. You were trapped. Which, you know, all's that. Um, <laughs> so then, yeah. So then, all? Joey <laughs> says this. That. Taylor is all just that. so because the the one thing she wanted, she specifically asked for double hash browns. Oh. So the one thing she just was really wanting from her dinner was her hash browns, and he basically ate all of the hash browns. They ask you how you are, and, and you just have to say that you're fine, <laughs> but you're not really fine, but so you can't go into it Joey's right now because like, they'll never understand. Oh, sorry. And, like, 
gives her back her plate to eat her food with like no hash browns like, on her plate. Two bites of hash brown left. She literally was so delirious at, that she started like crying because oh. she just wanted her hash browns so badly, and there were no hash browns in sight. Now, to be fair. He did when his food actually Don't came out. Don't give him the redemption art. Don't I, give him the redemption Well, no, I'll, I'll, I'll get to it in a second. So he does give her his hash browns, except he intentionally left a few hash browns on his plate and then continued to eat them. The audacity. Oh, After, what? <laughs> I don't even think a lot of people that. caught that. So yeah, he did, <laughs> to be fair, give her most of his hash browns, but there were definitely still hash browns she stolen. double hash browns. Right, yeah. It, it definitely did not make up for it fully, He's but I can't just... trust anyone these days not to eat your double hash browns. <laughs> he didn't even put the plate down, though. After scooping them off, the plate's like... <laughs> Still in the air, and then he just shoveled the rest in his mouth, <laughs> like making eye contact. Inhaled it. Inhaled it. I missed that part. Inhaled it. Yeah, it like the Tasmanian devil, and that those were his words. I didn't yeah. even say that. Those were his words. I have the text message to prove it. Um, but anyways, so so yeah, so so it's it's a night of chaos and delirium, <laughs> and poor Alex and Ben are watching all this happen. They don't have their food, and we're and then we have birthday gate happen, and we're all just <laughs> as confused as Casey, and we're like, for the love of God, it is one thirty, get me out of here, and we all finally get food in boxes and start heading out uh, on our way out of the Denny's, except six of us, I think get up to pay like the group is going out people are going out to pay and then they're waiting right outside re-meeting up six of us are trapped in the denny's <laughs> because our checks disappeared not the physical papers that our waiter brought for us and this in the system they this, just don't exist anymore this brings us to a full circle moment because technology failed us yeah again because again. when our receipts were scanning and uh, <laughs> so i was standing next to joey they scan his receipt. It doesn't work. So he has to go off to the side. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, wow, that's karma yeah, for like, ah. the hash browns and for birthday gate. Yep. And then what happens as soon as I walk up? <laughs> innocent little me. It didn't do anything the whole evening, but get victimized I by birthday gate. <laughs> and my receipt also doesn't work, um, which the guy ringing up the receipt had some nerve to mention how I had talked about karma with Joey and now it happened to me. <laughs> and I was like, buddy, I don't know if you have a leg to stand on here. Um, did you just see what happened during this experience? But anyways, eventually it yeah. gets situated. We're standing around for a little while. Except for Ryan, who apparently his just was paid for by somebody and we still haven't figured out how that yeah, happened. Yeah, he's got a free meal. Of course, of course it's Ryan who gets the free meal. Okay, but I think the real star of this whole thing, which... Hi, welcome back to the podcast. Yes, this is still really a thing. Yeah. Um, and thank you for paying attention we this really long. We really just have this beef with Denny's, y'all. <laughs> so as we are standing outside, the, the, the yeah, other... Cut to the group that is outside as us, they are basically. rebooting the terminal to get our tickets to work. We are standing there, just chit-chatting, and from the ether, this man... <laughs> Just appears. No idea. NPC was spawned in. I could just hear his feet just shuffling. (laughs) And this bald man just appears behind us, walks through our group, does not break his stride, does not break his glance from the door and the haven that is Denny's. And he just goes, rock and roll. (laughs) 
<laughs> nobody's wearing anything, right? So rock related. So he goes in. Everybody comes back out. We're all being like, oh, my God, what happened? And silently, this man, this NPC reappears <laughs> and just goes rock and roll. <laughs> and then he walks off into the night. And I have no clue what that man Where was. Where is he now? So if you're the rock and roll man... <laughs> Leave us a shout out in the comments. Rock and roll Denny's man, where are you? <laughs> also, if you have crazy after show stories, let us know. Yes, please. Do you have beef with Denny's or I, do you have beef with Fridays? Well, I, oh, I got Applebee's beef with Fridays. Applebee's was mine. Oh, man. In high school. Uh, what was yours? Applebee's was our Applebee's? after show. Ours in college used to be IHOP until it just, the management kept getting worse and worse. And I think we tried going at one point and there was literally one poor woman there hosting people, taking orders, preparing pancakes. Like, it was just her running that IHOP that we went, we can't do this to her ever again. Like, there were like eight of us in this group that we went, I just feel so bad making her do this that we just can't come here anymore. Mm -hmm. So if you thought that the Denny's tobacco was over... We all thought that the Denny's we, tobacco was over. We get rock and roll, man. We get a ticket scare <laughs> Wait, thinking that what, we're going to have to do something more? else. The parking lot? Yeah. Oh. Birthday gate continues. Oh. It continues. <laughs> all of this. You we're think all, we're home safe, right? We're, no, we're all no. finally back outside and have no, paid no. for our food, most of us. <laughs> um, and, and we are reunited and we're hearing about rock and roll, man. And we are ready to go to our cars and go to sleep. And then... <laughs> Who is waiting in the parking lot? <laughs> On top of his car. <laughs> waiting like for way Casey. after. I don't know if they were waiting. For, I mean, I don't know. No, like, they were almost an hour had passed at yeah. that point. They were partaking in some adult substances. Mm -hmm. They were. <laughs> Not in the Denny's, just no, in the parking, in the parking lot. lot. They Shout out Denny's. <laughs> Shout out to Denny's. And they were waiting for Casey. You can't and... shout them out if we have beef with them. <laughs> Denny's, please don't sponsor us. <laughs> or help us rectify this. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, Get us more hash browns for Taylor. We'll, we'll talk. Well, and me. I really do love hash browns. Actually. Hash browns all around, please. Hash browns all around. Mind you, the group was out there. I yeah. was one of the people that was the receipt situation. Yeah. So, like, they receipt don't make date. themselves known until I walk out. And I'm, like, looking like... What in the world? Like this, they they left like you just over an hour distance, ago. Casey, and uh, I don't know. I think some one of them asked, like, "Do you want to? Do you want to go back in? I'll get you a dessert." I was like, mm, "No, well, I that's okay." I Thank you. you. In my car, I was like, "No, and I was that's okay." Home. And yeah. then Joey, Joey, <laughs> I'm about to beat this kid up at this point. <laughs> You should not say that on air. That is... <laughs> he he starts inciting it again. The whole birthday oh, gate thing. Cut this out. Yeah, so... <laughs> so, moral of the story, don't be a Joey. Don't be a hash brown stealer. And you'll be golden. Be the be the rock, rock and roll guy. Be rock and roll. the rock and roll. <laughs> um, so that was, that was our group beef. That's the group beef. But we, we missed a part... My favorite part of the whole experience, Carter and I were the first outside, and before we got out there, a man in a suit just spawned in the middle of Denny's. <laughs> he didn't work there. <laughs> and he, he came around, and he's, like, shaking shaking hands with everyone. He's like, hey, how's it going? How are how, how you doing? He, he, didn't work, he didn't work there. 
There's just an, an old man in a suit. He shook my hand. And, and Carter and I get outside and we're just crying and laughing. We're like, I wasn't, what's happening, man? I just want to go home. I just want to. My, my conspiracy theory is that Denny's is the spawning grounds for local cryptids past like a certain time of night. And we just happen to be there during their spawning hours. I, it adds up. So here's the thing. The last story we have about Denny's was years ago. For me, I was going, my mom and I were dropping off my nieces at the Niagara Airport, and it was like five in the morning, and we decided to go to Denny's for breakfast. So we, we sit down, we get our food, and next to us in the booth, this man is laying to the side, just fully like propped up on his arm, just shouting for food. <laughs> I, and I don't remember what I said, but I think it was like, pancakes, can I get some pancakes? Can I get some, my, he is Fully, like I could tuck him into bed. He is laying so much on this on this Denny's booth. So, moral of the story is, Denny's. I think we can collectively agree. You all at home too. Denny's is a fever dream. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Like sometimes that. for better, sometimes for worse. Yeah. But no, seriously. If you have any fun stories, I, Trevor. Want to hear about them because I love them. Tell us your weird Denny's IHOP or Waffle House stories. I know if you've been to a Waffle House, you got some weird ones. Shout out Waffle House. Yeah. No, stop shouting out Waffle House. You cannot deny (laughs) their supremacy. Alex, I think had Alex, you had beef. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I got got some beef. Just hijack your podcast a second time. So (laughs) I finally (laughs) saw the Barbie movie today. I'm in campaign. No, 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 no. no. Okay. I also haven't seen it. Take the headphones off. (laughs) Oh, Oh, I can still hear. (laughs) That doesn't make me deaf. (laughs) Close your eyes. We're right. Close your eyes. Then you can't hear. (laughs) Okay, I loved it. It was great. Mm -hmm. But the set time for the movie was 4.10. Now we know there's trailers and ads beforehand, right? This is beef that I have repeatedly. Yep. The movie did not start until 4.40. Wow. It was a half hour. Half an hour of trailers. Maria re- Menudos. <laughs> I like your laugh. I remember it being like <laughs> 10 minutes, maybe 15 max, a half hour. Mm-hmm. Huh. Bring us back the golden age of cinema. That is insane. Like, we understand. You know what it is. And we stand with the Writers Guild. We stand with SAG. Mm-hmm. It's, they're still trying to get their coin. Except it's half of the things they're trying to shill the coin for don't even look appealing to watch on streaming. If I see another trailer for the Gran Turismo movie, uh, I'm joining I was DJ. Interested, and, and then I'm yeah, done. I feel like it's just an overmarketed that I'm like I'm not caring anymore because that's all I see is the big subtitle of based on a true story that I'm kind of worried you don't have anything much else to offer for me. I think that they knew what Barbie and Oppenheimer were going to do, so they just loaded it with every trailer they possibly had. Because, like, I was seeing stuff for, like, months and months down the line. Usually it's just, like, the next couple months. Mm -hmm. When they were doing the scene on the roller skates, no spoiler there. Yeah. I remember those photos. (laughs) Well, no, yeah, the photos came out a year ago, but, like, I think for... But, like, no, like, to DJ's point of just, like, every... Every other production company, knowing if they could pay for the advertisement slot before screening of either movie, being like, "All right, we gotta, we gotta go, we gotta jump on this yeah. now." 
Yeah, because Oppenheimer. They're not going to want to see our movies, but we can at least shove it in front of their faces, so maybe they'll come see yeah, our movies. Yeah, no, that's, I think that's actually what happened, because Oppenheimer, we, we saw it, um, Callum, Ben, and Ryan, and I... Uh, the boy got the, the boy, boys club. The, thank you. No. I just stumbled. I, I said it like the girls room. From oh the my god! The, show, the boy yeah. crew. Shout out Amanda Bynes. Oh. <laughs> That's gonna be DJ. You're gonna barely hear him, and he's just gonna go. Shout out. Shout out to Casey's tea that she drank before the show. <laughs> Uh, I forgot what I was saying before that, but yeah. But you, you saw Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, same thing. It was like 30 minutes of, of yeah. trailers. I've never experienced 30 top minutes. top of a three-hour movie, Oppenheimer. your butt no, is in no. one seat for three and a half hours. Big Oppenheimer fan. Last time we recorded this, I did not see Oppenheimer. But now you've completed the Barbenheimer double feature. I haven't seen Barbie. <gasps> I thought you already saw no, I've been at the what theater every day of my life. The theater <laughs> closed. Let's wrap this up. Let's we gotta, go, we right gotta go. We'll do part three tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> it's just gonna be the podcast that never ends. This is the podcast that Kaylee, never Trevor, ends. Trevor, and myself, we're just gonna keep coming back. All future guests. Again, we are so sorry. Taking over this show, unfortunately. Sorry. I'm really trying not to like move my feet at all, and I'm very uncomfortable. So oh, no. <laughs> I don't want a part three. Because that's what I tried to do last time, and then I unplugged everything. No. So. Everybody else. Um, yes. Does anybody else have beef? I have beef with Panera Bread currently. <gasps> what? And it's not about their Shout food. Shut up, Panera Bread. I mean, My former employer. Uh, it's. I mean, Panera. Panera's Panera. <laughs> years ago. It's. It's that like. It's okay. Elevated hospital food. Yeah, it's elevated, but it's that like you know, if you were in high school and you need a place to like meet up with friends, or you're doing, you're trying to study, and you're gonna stop after twenty minutes and just talk about whatever drama is happening with your group. Panera is a great place to have that space because it's cozy. Like I've ha- I've been to a lot of really cozy Panera breads in my life, and very much enjoyed it. But as somebody who's done a lot of theater, I have like relied on Panera Breads for their community boards because they are one of the few like cafe restaurant establishments as a chain that consistently have a board for people to post posters for events, concerts, whatever. I've never seen a community board at Panera. Yeah. Isn't it usually like by the bathroom? It's yeah, I mean it's not in a great spot, but it's that like they have something. Um, which is better than just sort of being like, please, please take all poster. Please don't just throw it in the trash can by the manager's desk. Please put it in the window. We and won't that take is my, the voice of the beggar woman. That is what that is what the sound is. No, but like, like I, I remember like helping poster for shows here, and and when I lived back in Florida, like Panera Bread. And certain for a while, Starbucks used to do it where it was the like, yeah, we have a little community board, and then it used to be, oh, but it can't be for paid events, or if it's a college Starbucks, it's only for things that happen on campus. Like they just get more and more specific. The Panera breads around here have started taking down their community boards. Like I went with my Sweeney Todd pile of posters to like every spot coffee and Panera bread in a 30-mile radius just because those are my first go-to. Like, great, I can leave this here and I don't have to, like, buy and beg from somebody behind a counter to please take a poster. Um, And I went to the Panera in Amherst and I went over to that spot right near the bathrooms. There is a, like, clearly, like, square outline of where that board used to be. And I went up to the counter. I was like, hey, it's... Like, is there something going on? Like, are we just repainting the wall? 
what's happening? They're like, no, they're making us take us down. So then I'm like, taped it to the wall. (sighs) It wasn't going to be the only thing. Tape it to the square. (laughs) It wasn't going to be the only thing there. And also, I don't bring tape or push pins with me. I just steal whatever materials are already on the board. (laughs) Um, I don't take anybody else's posters down. But I will, if you've put three pins up for one poster, I will steal one of them for mine. Um, But then I went to Williamsville. Um, cause there's like a spot coffee right across the street from a Panera bread that I'd go to all the time. Like I, I do shows with first look Buffalo. We did, uh, we, we were in a theater not too far from there that I was like, great, this is right down the road. I know what we're doing here. Popped in spot coffee. Spot coffees have these gigantic community boards and it's delightful to see just like all these things that are happening in the area. Find a spot for that. Great. On a whim was like, all right, let's see if this Panera is any better thinking maybe this is a new corporate thing. It's, not, or at least not at the time. The Williamsville one still had a board that I was able to throw a poster onto. Testing my luck, I went to a different Panera that also was like, oh, we just had to take ours down too. So I don't know what's going on with the consistency or if it is just like a slow rollout of, no, we don't do community things anymore, but I'm very salty because... There are, community boards. there are no places <laughs> that offer any sort of just like, what's going on where you live? Kind of center board anything. That's free. Yeah. You I know, will say Tea Leaf, I think, does have a community board. There's one place. There, there's Tea one leaf. place. <laughs> no, but Tea Leaf next to AMC. Ah. <gasps> yes. Okay. I had their bubble tea once. That was so loaded. Tea Leaf next to AMC? <laughs> that was tough. Stop. <laughs> oh, my God. Just smack them. The, the general beef and frustration with how with dare you how dare you go on about saying you support communities and donate food and all this other stuff when maybe oh half God. of that's true. Maybe you're inflating numbers and you can't even just leave a cork board up for people oh? to post about their, their shows and their weird health medicine meetups in the park, you know? We're about to I have, back it. I back your beef. We're literally about to have beef with Panera right now. Kaylee is, like, coming after the corporations, Corporate guys. I, I always will. That's Panera, I show up. your nonprofits. Yes. Go see I was theater. I say, or, or go to, I mean, and I also like doing this, but I think you beat me to a lot of the places that I would have gone to. Go to your favorite local game shops, because they have cafes sometimes, Shut and up, they're Will. really cool people. Yeah, I, I would say Iron Buffalo. I was like, ooh, ooh, can I go there? Wait, no, Trevor already beat me there. They'll have two posters if I go. No. <laughs> yeah, all I got to say is if you're a gamer, Buffalo's a great place to be. And I don't mean video gamer. Because no. you can do that anywhere. But yeah. no, like, <laughs> check it out. Just like the theater scene. There's yeah. great places. Um, I have beef. Oh, boy. Beef, beef, Somebody beef. took one of my pins from my poster. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <gasps> no. <laughs> like, oh, no. Who could have done such a thing? <laughs> no, I don't have actual beef. Anyone else have actual beef? So we've covered a lot. We've done a lot of, like, therapeutic beef healing. Yeah, that was, like, 30 minutes of yeah, beef. I am so sorry. That was, like, such a chaotic opening. Like, it really, really... At what one is... point, I was sitting here, and I go... I don't talking. even know if I can follow this. <laughs> what is the longest amount of time somebody has like gone off on a beef tirade? Oh crap! Oh wow! We went on a long <laughs> beef did. with Marissa. We did, yeah. We talked about like Maybe parking was... and cars and driving for like mm. thirty, forty minutes. You guys also had that conversation about like planes. 
<laughs> Why bring this? <laughs> no, I don't mean don't. to like start something, but <laughs> Casey's trying to start a fight. <laughs> I never, I never got to uh, talk about that after listening back to it, and that was hard to listen to. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, not for me. Everything I was saying was great. I'm like this guy. <laughs> This guy's on to something. I've never done anything my wrong in my entire life. Sh- shout off in the comments how old you think DJ is. Because he's opinionated for his age. Oh, and when Madison came to see Sweeney Todd last week, she said she disagreed with you. <gasps> Who's Madison? I had multiple, multiple people say that they agreed with me. And they also said that you and Carla just attacked me the whole episode, which Ooh. I listened back to. I'm like, oh, my God, they did. Well, we stand I got Carla. The entire episode. We stand Carla and we stand Alex. Thank you. <laughs> I, I created this podcast and, <laughs> and asked Alex to be on it with me. DJ's I've done nothing wrong. Him, DJ is pulling the director card. He's like, remember. No, I thought DJ was going to look me in the eyes away. and goes, I casted you and I can uncast you just as easy. But I, I'd cover the microphone first. This isn't, this isn't for the audience. This is just you and me. With the first show no, to go, I will uncast you. No, everybody, DJ, in the last weekend. Let yeah. me just hand it back. Let me, let me undig my whole DJ. You're amazing. <laughs> It was so fun. DJ has secret understudies that we don't know about that he's been rehearsing. And he yeah, could just yeah, cut yeah. us at any time. They've been stored under the stage. <laughs> they're the rats Joey plays with. I just got to bring them out and blow them up and then they're ready to go. They're actually just wacky inflatable it's just tube men. Joanna with squeaks. <laughs> okay. Okay. So let me think. What else do we, we do? Um, I, I want to say because um, they haven't heard from us since. I was panicking last time yes. about the show yeah. and opening DJ the show and all update. that. Yes. Uh, we did that. Now it feels like forever ago because yeah. we've done all four shows of the first weekend, which are all very successful mm-hmm. and a whole lot of fun. And my, my parents saw it and they loved it. And that was like what I was most nervous about. And um, my mom was giving notes and stuff at the end and she was just bawling because she just loved it and was so proud of everyone in, in the cast and what everyone accomplished. So that felt great Yay. huge weight lifted off my shoulders but also then we had four more to go so that was yeah huge and we had a ton of people see it and standing ovations and everyone i've heard from loved it we sold out opening night and sold out opening night three shows were like a handful of tickets shy from selling out if i remember the numbers correctly yes yeah, I mean, we, we're doing really, really well. A lot of people are seeing it. A lot of new people. So thank you Yay! for coming and supporting. We appreciate it. So everything went well from last episode. You listen to the last episode. It's like, I'm going to die. I need I need help. DJ is like DJ one... is marked safe after opening <laughs> yes. weekend. Yes. DJ was one hair away from just like having a mental breakdown. And now it's fine. Well, Jared pointed out at Denny's that my hair... Looked like it was turning gray. <laughs> but then I pointed out that I really liked your hair. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, you did. Wow. I appreciate that. DJ, not DJ, Jared has been like in a mood of like tearing people down a little bit sometimes. Ooh. And I go, this Jared. Role, <laughs> this role is getting to his head. Well, yeah. Jared is Judge Mayor Turpin, Koopa. in case anyone's wondering. <laughs> judge Turnip. No, he was on he was, like, the last guest. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was on the episode. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So just go back and listen to that. Yeah. 
I feel like Jared and Joey are going to have to come on here and do some like character apology episode on the podcast. (laughs) Jared and Joey are going to have to come on here and like we've slandered them. I I want to say this is all because I'm so worried about my image. We haven't said anything about good fun. It is. I do love that. We love Jared and we love Joey. About us, but we have been slandering Joey this entire time. That was a wonderful um, segue. Into talking about ourselves. <laughs> All right, so Trevor, how did you find the theater, and how did how did your audition story go? Absolutely, found it by car. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Good yeah. night, everyone. Thank you for listening. This is Sorry Night Theater Podcast. <laughs> okay, so my story with the theater, as of two three months ago, did not know it existed. The full stop, never knew. Until one day, my partner, Nick, I get a Facebook message, and it is just a, the post of audition notice. We need Todd. Prepare a song from the show. It's one of two days. Everyone's welcome. And what's funny was, I think not even a month ahead of that, I had kind of written off music. I had a vocal coach that just wasn't working out. And I just said, okay, now 2023 is not the year of me. And that is okay. But found a new vocal coach. Shout out to Judy Oshai. Um, and then... You did the same thing you did last time. <laughs> Literally. Absolutely. I had to. Um, and then I think not even like two weeks go by, I get this audition notice. And Sweeney Todd has been... Well, I didn't really know much about Sweeney Todd. And, um, Which is very surprising because, I'm like, surprised, you, yeah. you strike me as, like, the kind of musical theater person that's, like, this would be up, right up your alley. Which it absolutely is yeah. now that oh, I yeah, know yeah, it. Yeah. So my extent of Sweeney Todd was By the Sea and Joanna, and more particularly, Andy Bernard from The yes. Office rendition of Joanna. When I was watching The Office during the pandemic... I was like, I'm Andy. He's got a temper sometimes, but he's a really lovable guy, and I really like him. And then he was Joanna, and I go, all right, if he can be it, I can be it. You talked about this last time, and then, like, two hours later, I was on my TikTok, and that video made its way to my feet There you go. And I was like, yeah, no, I absolutely 100% see that Trevor's, like, channeling this in the best way possible. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. (laughs) Ari, Tracy, and I talked about recreating the video. Just like in an office I would love nothing more than to just be a goofball. I love being silly. So, yeah. um, Just a silly little goose. I decided to audition. Silly little mini noodle for your information, (laughs) Kaylee. According to Sondheim himself. (laughs) (laughs) Stephen, I'm sorry. (laughs) And going into it, I was very nervous because, you know, when you're looking at community theater, you know, the little information that I have of community is there's typically a set group of people that are typically recasted, not so much like pre-casted, but they're the ones who show up. They're the ones who are reliable. So I was nervous, you know, sweating, whatever. So come day of the audition, roll up to suburbia, um, (laughs) find the theater, which is an old church. And it is quite beautiful, honestly, Mm -hmm. walk in, and immediately I am hit with a sense of family. Not directed towards me, but it's like... <laughs> <laughs> not me. I'm not in the I'm not in the family yet. Sorry. Um, but, you know, Jared's talking with Julie. 
Um, Sean Ward, you know, you heard in his episode about his recording malfunction. So it's like, (laughs) I see all these people that are, like, gravitating around each other. And as an outsider, that was petrifying. Because I knew I had not a single connection, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. So finally, my number's called. Stand in the corner now. Yep. I I talked to Taylor. You know, uh, Hash Brown Taylor. That's my <laughs> hash first friend. Hash Brown Taylor. Um. So I go up the stairs, and immediately I'm greeted with Sean and DJ, and I'm wearing my little Mickey shirt. I go up and I um give them my music, and I have it folded correctly. And Sean called me. I was like, Oh wow, you did this. Good job. Proud of you for folding this correctly <laughs> and so then they go on and say okay we're gonna have you sing your song and then we're gonna have you sing the star spangled banner and i remember the last time we recorded this i went off and said why why and this is where the slander came in for sean's name yeah i go why did you call it the star spangled banner when it is the national anthem <laughs> you say star spangled banner not crickets in my brain just nothing is there so he goes we're gonna do it with dissonance you're gonna sing it you're gonna be great awesome go up there singing my regular song nervous as can be um and then sing this new version of the star spangled banner and as i'm leaving dj stops me (laughs) and in sean's episode he looks at him you know sean said hey dj said to sean hey you only put blank and dj did that to me he goes you only put antony and i go in my brain i go yes i did um, because what are you I, gonna do about it? Right, and he goes, "Well, would you be open for anything else?" And immediately, my brain is starting to spiral because I am a tenor, and I'm like, "I'm not the judge." Um, Sweeney is a baritone, uh, you know. The Beatles really high, so I'm like, "Okay, what? What does this? What does this mean?" And I go, "Mm-hmm, <laughs> uh, yeah," because I'm a pushover. You put any pressure on me in moments like this, and I'm gonna cave no matter what, you know. Um, so I go, yeah, I, I, I just put that there. So you knew what I was interested in, but I'd be willing for kind of anything, you know, and whatever. And then Sean Poland takes off his flip flop, shows me that it's a Mickey flip flop to match my Mickey t-shirt and then puts his flip flop, flip flop back on his foot. Doesn't wash his hands. Um, <laughs> so sorry, everybody who's after me. Um, and then I go downstairs And this is the part I don't think you guys know. I go downstairs, and it's the downstairs doors are like the saloon doors. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm an anxious guy. So I am basically birthed through these doors. (laughs) Because I could not figure out how to get through it with it being open. I now now know how. But so I'm like... Since you have to go through those doors multiple times mm -hmm. over the course of the show. So it is... I go through that. And I was the 11th person, so I've been there for 10 people, going up, coming down, and there was never a break in conversation. There was always people talking. (laughs) But I get downstairs, and everyone is staring at me. (laughs) Immediately, my stomach drops, because I'm like, what? So I I look at Taylor, my only friend, as at this point, and she's snapping me. She's, like, giving me, like, kudos. And I go, what just happened? She goes, well, we heard you, and you sounded great. And I go, wow, thank you. I'm going to die now. uh, Move forward, one of our costume ladies, son, James, is in the show, and he heard me and turns to his mom, which 
I'm so bad with names. What is James' mom's? Jen. 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 She. She listens. Sorry, Jen. I'm so <laughs> sorry. Don't be mad at me. That's fine. He's I can still take learning it. the extended family. Mm-hmm. And she goes, yeah. James turned to me and goes, well, I'm not getting casted as Anthony. And that's so sweet to be told that. But in the moment of just these <laughs> 30 people just turn and stare at me, uh, my stomach, just whatever. Yeah. So I go home and I went on Tuesday and I just sit and I wait. Yep. Tuesday night ends. Wednesday comes. It's like nine o'clock and my vocal coach texts me, goes, hey, just so you know, auditions are running late. So there's a good chance that they may do callbacks. And if you don't get a callback, don't worry. You still have a chance of getting casted. So don't take that as a sign of defeat yet. So I said, okay. But you can ask, Nick. I was on my phone religiously mm-hmm. checking all of the socials and the websites every two minutes. Just checking, checking. And it was, I think, like 1130. You had just posted the cast list. But I didn't know that yet. I go, right whenever you posted it, I go, okay, I'm done. I'm going to check one more time, and I'm going to enjoy my night, because whatever will happen will happen. I check it. I go to the website, and the website's changed. <gasps> Immediately, I'm like, oh, my God, it's out. Third name, Anthony Hope, Trevor Stone. Woo-hoo. And then I, I lock my phone. A smile creeps on my face. And, that's <laughs> and then you how scream. I, yep, and that's how <laughs> I told my partner that I got the role that I wanted. I I love the audition stories because I I think I said this in Sean's. I went home after Sean and I figured it all out. We wrote the names on the top of all the forms. And then I went home and I FaceTimed Carla while I was typing the names up. She helped me put them in alphabetical order because I hate putting <laughs> I hate putting it all in alphabetical order. And um I could have gotten it up faster, but I was talking and telling her my whole experience. Live um, your life. <laughs> but like, <laughs> yeah, like it's such a power move. How, it's fine. String us along. about it a little bit no, more. Yeah. You know? String us along a little I, more. I it's didn't okay. think, I, I wasn't thinking about it like that because she's like, oh, well, t-, like I tell her everything. Yeah. So I was telling her like, oh, this person's this, this, and I really like this one. And she's like, oh, great, great, great. And I'm like, oh, I should probably like put this up now. I should probably tell <laughs> her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, and then flash forward to the first day of rehearsals. Again, I'm so nervous. Because then it's like this thing of, I'm an outsider. Mm-hmm. I get cast in a role, which is great. Which, I said this last time, but audition. You know, if you're listening to this and you think any sort of way, don't. Fully open. Don't think. It, <laughs> by the end of the first rehearsal, I felt included. You know, that that's just the testament yeah. that I have to say. And also, uh, you know, I posted something to my story, which we'll talk about later. But... People from the cast, who I've only known two months, posted it to their story. Yeah. And I'm like, that is that is the family. You know, mm-hmm. like, if you're looking to get back out in theater, that's it. Because the first day of rehearsal, DJ gave us his vision. And we all sat there. And just the respect that I had and was, re- was given back. And mm-hmm. just the professionalism and dedication that I got from this show was more than I was expecting. And it was it was a grand time. Yeah, I'm yeah. Very sad. We only have four shows left. Oh. I'm already. I already had like depression about it today, and it's no. not even over no. yet. And I'm like, oh, I'm just, just like dreading it. Um, but yeah, so that's my story. Basically, I don't think that's. I think that's everything. Yeah. I, whatever. Um, 
Yeah, one of you can go. It was okay. also it was funny because me and Trevor talked about it after, and Joanna and Anthony are very much counterparts, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so other than us just being excited, the very very first thing that mm-hmm. we figured out that we both did after seeing the cast list was social media stalk each other. Oh, I went <laughs> the back. The very first thing I did was look him up. I was like, okay, I gotta know And I don't have is. any singing photos on my Instagram. Because up until this year, I haven't been confident in my singing voice. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so I went to yours and I was like, oh my god, she has she has singing videos. So I'm going back to like 2020. Really old. Yeah, I, I'm back in 2020. <laughs> Please don't go on my Instagram and look at my old singing videos. But like, <laughs> it's, it's still, there's talent there, you know? So it's like, if you go back, you go back. But because we both had said at the beginning of rehearsals for us, we wanted our connection because we had watched so many versions where Anthony and Joanna, they are just doors and there's nothing between them. And we just said... Love is a closed door. <laughs> right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we said to ourselves, we go, we can't do that. Yeah. And the chemistry has to be there. We were both very committed to that, for sure. But to segue to the next person, I guess this just works perfectly. With you, it was so organic to become your friend. Mm-hmm. I because agree. I feel like we had very... We were both dedicated to the process. You know, our goal was to perform the best that we can. And then I think our friendship, and then as we've learned outside of the beginning, we are similar. We've had similar experiences. Mm -hmm. And it was just so easy. And it is so easy to play a counter to you, especially a romantic partner. Because romance is just a friendship that blossoms into something more. And I think we absolutely have a great friendship now. I agree. Yeah. I It was so easy. And there was a lot. So, like, I talked about this last time. So, I'm a soprano. So, you would think that I would have had a lot of, like, romantic counterparts on stage. And believe it or not, in my 27 years, this was my first experience having, uh, having to do a romantic connection on stage. So, like... Um. That's, I didn't know that actually. Yeah, I forgot that. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So there definitely was this like, there was like a nervousness to it. Like, is it going to work out? Like, are we? Is it going to feel easy? Is there not going to be chemistry? Like, there's all of those like questions. But I think we both realized that that was not going to be the case. Oh well, very cut early to on opening night. We're standing across from each other, and I got booped on the nose in the middle of our song. <laughs> and it was just so cute and sweet. And then I think the next night or two nights later, I, like, pinch your chin. And it, we both we both laughed and giggled on stage and in character. Yeah. And it's just, it's nice to play a role with a good friend. It's, because it, it's, it's genuine. Like, when we're, when we're up there and, like, we're kind of playing off of each other, like, yeah, of course, there's, like, the acting aspect and we're, like, invested in what we're doing. But there's also, like, real friendship there and real playfulness there. Starry and Night Theater. Friendship is magic. Yeah, it really is. And it just made it so easy Shout to, out friendship. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> and it just made it really easy to, to bring that. You know, something we talked a lot about is um, that part, like, was left out of the movie, for example. And... Joanna and Anthony can very much like their stories and their characters can very much get lost in the sauce because there's a lot going on. Joanna especially, I mean, I, I'm not on stage for a lot of it, so that like component of the story 
can definitely get kind of swept aside with like the blood and the gore and the and the human pies yeah, and like thing. all that kind of stuff, right? Spoiler. And so uh, <laughs> something that one of the best compliments that I've received so far from this musical was from DJ's dad. And after the dress rehearsal, he said, like, he watched the movie before seeing the musical, and he said that he just didn't really get the whole Joanna and Anthony thing, Mm -hmm. but that when he saw us doing Kiss Me, that it clicked for him. And he just saw this beautiful love story unfolding and how it brought the hope back into the story. And it gave people watching something to hope for and something to root for. Because I think the audience can definitely see, like, Sweeney Todd, like, there is a point where, like, you know he's not... There's, like, there's a point of no return for a lot of the characters, right? So the fact that we were able to do that, it just, like, Mm -hmm. it absolutely warmed my heart that, that that... really came out especially doing it with someone who i consider a really good friend now so i'll always remember that (laughs) there's there's a weird thing that i remember noticing in like production photos and videos from the original uh broadway and west end version of sweeney todd i forget the the lovely actress's name that played joanna but i remember her costume because her wig is 10 pounds it looks like of just these ringlet goldilocks yeah. curls that i i thought like seeing the sort of like um like sardi's kind of sketch of the like the the cast like the opening illustration like that sort of broadway style like happy opening sweeney todd and she's depicted like as just all hair and antony is like all sideburns <laughs> i was thinking it was exaggeration but no like she's she, like her wig is so long and curly and just bright yellow that it is one of those like that's just all that she is is just the girl with yellow hair because it's referenced over and over and over again yeah and it was that like and we don't need to do anything else with her other than just that's her this yeah. girl with yellow hair Me, that's, that's her myself dj and sean music director sean had many a conversation about Joanna and her portrayal and Mm -hmm. none of us none of the three of us had really found um, a version of her that we were like yeah this is what we want to emulate you know what I mean like every single I want to emulate Amanda Seyfried as a person but not necessarily (laughs) her Joanna (laughs) it just yeah it it just in general not my Joanna but my Sophie (laughs) Yeah, just in in general, there just wasn't, like, a well-balanced portrayal of her. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there are all of these layers to her that I think get lost in in most portrayals of her. Yeah. Um, So it was really important to us to bring that that back out. Um, It's... So, like, talking about auditions and stuff like that, I guess I can go in, into a little bit of that of that story. Um, so I first heard about Sweeney Todd at last at the last summer production, which was Shout the Musical, um, which my friend was Blue Girl in that. And I was also helping her kind of with the preparation process because this kind of was her first musical. So... Um, I had, you know, been kind of pseudo-involved through her, um, but that was the first production I'd ever seen. Um, I, I kind of knew about Starry Night because I went to high school with Jenna and Bo, so <laughs> I, I, like, knew that it was a thing, but 
uh, kind of was always off my radar. And then uh, during that summer, I knew that Sweeney Todd was the next one. And I had kind of this seed planted that was like, you know what? I would really like to audition for that because Joanna has always been kind of like a dream role for mm-hmm. me. Um, at first, more of a superficial reason of I love Greenfinch and Leonard Bird. I, sure. It's a beautiful song, and um, I I love to sing sing that song. So that was kind of the initial reason. But as I was studying it, there's just so many layers to her and something that has really resonated with me, and I've actually learned more as a human being by doing this, is to see the tragedy and the macabre that is Sweeney Todd, Mm -hmm. the musical, right? To uh, look at her and see her and Anthony's love story as the happy ending. Like, a lot of people will watch this and say, like, there is no happy ending in this, right? But there is, And if you think about it, like, that's the legacy that, like, Sweeney Todd leaves. Like, that's his daughter. And, like, this tragedy that was Lucy and the, and, you know, and Sweeney Todd, there is a happy ending in it eventually. So that just is kind of the bigger picture of it. So, Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's a, it's a full circle moment for me in, in a lot of ways. And I think, too, the way that we portray it of... You know, when I saw a lot of productions of this, they play Antony as either this really creepy guy who wants to steal Joanna. (laughs) I will steal you. Right. Or this really um, macho, strong guy of like, you're the damsel in distress. Let me save you. Mm -hmm. And I think we both had very similar visions of like, I didn't want to play Antony that way. You know, as, as a queer person, that's a hard role to to want to portray and to feel connected to and you know as i was doing my research and everything his last name is hope Mm -hmm. and you know i'm not gonna stare a gift in the face and not accept it you know it's like there's a reason why they named him hope Mm -hmm. um when everybody else has weirder names you know absolutely Um, when everyone else is weird or sad right anthony's hopeful right and so that's why, like, I wanted to look at that of mm-hmm. being optimistic. You know, he's traveled the world, yeah. seen so much stuff, but London is his favorite place. I've seen all these things, but I love this stinky, rainy city. <laughs> right. And, you know, he sees, you know, he's almost locked at sea just seeing things and never yeah. getting to enjoy them. And as he's wandering the streets, he sees this woman locked in a house singing about being locked in a cage and yeah she's beautiful and sings really well but I think once they get to know each other especially during like kiss me you're like oh we're 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 similar but different Mm. where like I've never had a place to call home you've Mm -hmm. only had a place to call home Mm -hmm. and so as the play goes on and they connect with one another especially when we do bows everybody does their own thing yeah Mm -hmm. but the one thing we do is we stay connected yeah we're still holding hands we're still interacting with each other to prove that like the idea is that we're actors playing this part but to also just nail down there is a happy ending Mm -hmm. in this mess of blood yeah so um the other really cool thing about me and Trevor 
becoming such good friends throughout this process is that like our loved ones and friends and family came to see to support us individually Mm -hmm. but as soon as they saw the show they were like so team both of us Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it was really cool to see that you guys known each other well my friends literally said like you guys look like you have known each other for your whole lives. Like, and they actually even mentioned like the way that we do that at the end, how we still stay connected through the vows and everything. So it's just cool that, that people are seeing it and noticing it and that it's not just internalized. little details in there and that's really satisfying that like, Oh, thank you for paying attention. Thank you for noticing. For sure. It feels, it just feels special because I do feel like, that part of the story does get lost and it yeah. makes me feel really, really good and mm-hmm. just I just feel very humbled that yeah. that people see it and recognize it as something that is maybe a little bit different from other productions yeah. and I'm super, super proud of that. It's the unfortunate thing that because there's such a big shadow of tragedy that looms over the entire rest of the show, like I think because I hadn't paid attention to Sweeney Todd in years uh, before this audition. Like I knew that I had seen the Tim Burton, I had seen clips. Oh, sorry. Oh my god! Cut that out! Cut that out! I'm so sorry. That Cut that out. There was a microphone ghost. Um, no, I, I had seen the Tim Burton Sweeney Todd, and I had read the play in college as part of a script analysis class, and so we'd watched clips of. Um, uh, uh, oh, the original West End run and just Angela Lansbury being Angela Lansbury. But you kind of forget that, like, yes, there's a an old romance of, like, Sweeney fixated on coming home to find his wife, but there's also a young romance. Despite all the tragedy, there is a happy ending. You sort of forget that actually, oh, no, the young people don't get separated mm-hmm. in this one. They do get to go on, supposedly, and live a happy life together at the end of this. Like, we don't see it, but they're both alive by the end, so With they could. adopted son, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's... Um, I love how both you portray it, and you make it feel important, because in every other version I've seen it's always secondary. Like, it's yeah. very clearly like, all right, let's just get something else in here so they don't get bored of looking at Sweeney and, and yeah. love it. And with you guys, I don't feel that at all. It's like, this mm-hmm. is an important part of the story, not filler. Yeah. Well, so, I, I said this last time, too. I really like the sort of, like, taking where you want to take Antony, but also just by you being you, bringing some of your own personality into it, you kind of make him a kind of himbo in the best way possible. Where, like... He comes bursting into a room at the worst possible time to announce his plan to run away with Joanna in front of the one person he should not have said <laughs> that to. But he's so just giddy and excited. You know, come like kind of light as a feather, like bounding into yeah. this room, like I'm in love and I don't care. Act two's my fault. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's something else that we talked about in the in the missing the lost episode. <laughs> the lost episode is. Um, just how uh, um, I totally forgot. lost my train. Your audition? The train ran off yeah, the you, rails. You still have to go over your audition still. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this one is just oh. pure chaos because we liked it at the first time. I'm like trying to bring in elements. Um, oh, no. What I was going to say was um, that Joanna, just by even looking at Antony, is taking a big risk. Yeah. Right? 
um, because of her situation with the judge. Like, she, and you can tell if you really read what she says, like, she's not dumb, you know? Um, Like, she knows, it's clear from what she says that she knows what's going on. So, um, it's just, it's really nice to kind of play off of that. Um, But yeah, we can transition back into into my audition. audition. Um, So, yeah, I had always loved the song. I, I knew going into it that because part of the audition, you know, uh, requirements is to go in with a song from the musical. Um, so I knew going into it that there would be a lot. They would be hearing this over and over again, particularly Greenfinch and Lynette Bird. Um, it so felt like Joanna was like the hot thing that everybody was auditioning for all the women, at least that I was kind of in the room with, like everyone was gunning for Joanna. Yeah. Which definitely everyone was gunning for Joanna for sure. Yeah. And when I was looking at Same. it, cause I'm originally <laughs> Trevor actually so wanted Trevor. to be Joanna. He's actually very sad about it. He just doesn't want to admit it. That's what I asked him about. Yeah. You wrote Joanna on your form, but you're actually good for Anthony. Do you want to, do you want to switch? You hold the paper up to the light and like, it says Anthony. Anthony, but like underneath, you see where it had been erased, <laughs> Joanna. Dang it! <laughs> um, so yeah, I when I was practicing it and looking at it, I did kind of a little bit of character study before, and a lot of kind of what those discussions were after I was cast were things that I was thinking about when I was practicing for the audition. I was just thinking about like, how is this usually sung, but how can I do this in a way that I feel like actually gives justice to the story and gives justice to this character? Because I, I do relate a lot to her and there have been things in my life that I, I can pull from. Mm. And so I saw all of these layers in, in it and I just thought about, okay, how can I do this in a way that I want to do it and that I would be proud to do it? Um, that tells the story. Um, so that's what I tried to do. And, you know, this was my very, very first, like I said, I had went to see Shout the Musical, and then I went to see, like, one other, Halloween Dreams was the other show that I saw. So I've met... Shout out Halloween Dreams. (laughs) Which was great. I really enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, I, uh, my friend Jessica, who was Blue Girl and Shout, had introduced me to DJ for like two seconds. So we had all of two conversations that literally consisted of, hi, how are you? My name is, and introductions. And that was literally it. (laughs) So very similar experience to Trevor where like I was kind of walking into something I didn't really, I didn't really know. I didn't really know how, how it was going to work. Um. So, you know, something that DJ talked about in the in the last one that we uh, recorded was how he, which is the professional way to do an audition, how you kind of just, like, don't react to anything yeah. in the audition. So I remember going in feeling pretty good about what I had prepared, and I did it, and I felt really good about it. I felt like it went as well as it could have possibly went, but, like, there was no reaction, and I was kind of I like... I <laughs> and I, I definitely have that imposter syndrome of like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Like, oh what am no, I even? It was terrible. I, yeah, I was just like, I You're probably just being sucked. Nice. <laughs> well, I tried to smile at everyone, so like sometimes I forgot. But like it got late. It got yeah, really I late. I was one of yes. the last people to audition. You and me were one of fair. the last like handful of people that were there the second day, and I remember sitting in the basement hearing you go, and I'm like, oh my god, she's amazing. Uh, <laughs> well, I 
I just, like I said, I just wanted to take, like, my operatic experience and then mm. put a little bit of musical theater into it Which still, is fitting but really for, get like, the story across. Yeah, Joanna you know? is the, if you're not going to do, like, Sweeney Todd, uh, like, compositionally is arguably in, like, an opera of just, like, there's very little dialogue. It's pretty much all sung. You could do it very operatic, but if you're not going to, you still get your dose of opera through Joanna. Yeah, I and and so I kind of just wanted to show all those different elements, and I chose to do a 32 bar cut. I was like, they don't need to hear they they've heard this a million times. Like I'm just gonna do the 32 bar <laughs> I don't cut. Need to call do it a, whole a day. Song. I was like, I feel confident I can get the. I I made my job harder because I was like, I gotta get through all of these layers that it that I feel yeah. like Joanna is in 32 bars. But I was like, you know what? We can do it. I and I picked kind of like the end part where there's a lot going on with mm-hmm. her emotionally there, um, and. It, and then I did the Star Spangled Banner thing, which I actually, everyone was like freaking out about that. But I had recently, kind of a few months before doing this audition, had found like a niche and a love for contemporary American opera, mm. which is basically Sondheim. Like yeah. it's, it's like these beautiful kind of dark, cool melodies over like all this crazy accompaniment that has... That doesn't feel like it's connected, but it is. Um, so I don't know. I ate that up. I was, I was so loving Natasha it. So Natasha Pierre and the Comet of 1812. <laughs> yeah, similar to that. Like very like again, all of that dissonance, all the weird chords. Like yeah. I live for that stuff. So I really actually enjoyed that. I thought that was kind of like a fun exercise. And then I think Sean asked me like, "Who do you study with?" And I just told him like who I've studied with, and that I'm a voice teacher, and blah blah blah. And then that was it. I left, and there was like no other conversation other than that and I kind of left feeling like I feel like I did well but I don't I got like no read whatsoever past that so I was like I don't know I guess I'll just have to wait and find out and luckily for me I would like I said was one of the yeah. last people that went so I, say we went I only home. had to wait an hour yeah, or yeah. Two it was like tops. a couple hours maybe yeah and I I was immediately <laughs> like and then I saw it and I was like oh my gosh Trevor. Trevor's face right we now we don't have the Trevor cam no. oh, oh we should have learned from last time because you made some great faces last yeah. time too and I wish people if only could we had see. a live cam in here yeah but so yeah that was my audition and you know, I felt a very similar way where it's like in, within the first few rehearsals, I was like, okay, I feel settled in now. And yeah. DJ's vision was just so like, I, I think one of the magic things about this cast is that we were all, DJ just told us his vision and we were all on board. There was no like, like we all just had his vision as well. We all shared his vision and he gave us freedom within that vision to do what we felt we needed to do to bring the character to life and and bring ourselves into it but it just was really a a really unique and rare meeting of the minds where um there wasn't much convincing we were all just kind of like yeah that's what we were thinking so it was really cast well in the sense that like dj had a vision sean had a vision and they cast us and let us put ourselves into it and give our own individuality but we also were very much all on the same page, which is really cool because that doesn't always happen, especially with a bigger cast. Here's my vision. I bet. Okay. <laughs> we. I told you this last time, but after you sang, well, before you came, this is night one, we heard uh, Green Finch like four billion times. So I told Sean, like, you're going to have to help and cast some of these because, like, I don't know what sounds best. I don't know, like, 
who's actually hitting the right notes on this one because they're so high and ridiculous. So, <laughs> um, then I'm like, I don't know. Somebody could be butchering it. And I'm like, oh, cool. Sounds good. <laughs> uh, and he's like, yeah, great. I'm 100% in. I'll, I'll let you know what who's doing what right. And then you came, and as soon as you got downstairs, I said this was the worst part because we were sitting uh, in the – I was sitting up on the peanut gallery. He was sitting down below. And the people had to walk up on stage and then walk down past us and then all the way down the stairs. you got to hear those doors close. And yes. Birth through the door. Yeah. <laughs> so we would have to wait to hear the doors. And then we'd be like, okay, now, and, and give our opinions. And as soon as, as you went down, Casey, this happened with all of you, um, everyone who's, like, in the cast and definitely a main Aww. role, uh, we'd all turn, we'd turn around and be like, this, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and... For all the Joannas we heard, we're like, okay, yeah, that's that's got to be our Joanna. I think I remember when I walked in, Sean looked at me at some point and asked. I don't remember if this was, like, after I sang or, like, right before or, like, you were double-checking what I wrote. But he was like, are you singing for Joanna? I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> so many Joannas. Yeah, well, I actually made a joke about it, too, because I Yay! knew this going in. I I know what's up. I've been a soprano for a while. I, I knew what was, what was going on. And I knew I was coming in very late in the game, like very yeah. late on when, on the second night. End so I knew that they had heard this a million times. So when I very first, the very first thing I said was, I know that this is going to shock you and you will be very surprised and you've never heard this before, but I'm about to sing Green Bitch. Because <laughs> I, I, like, I made a joke about it because I just knew, um, which I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't insecure about that because I knew I was, they wanted to hear from <laughs> right. the musical. And I knew like with my operatic experience and stuff like that, like I knew mm-hmm. if I was going to get cast in something like that was going to, there was no other yeah. role in my mind. Yeah. Like I just knew that that. That's why you go the first night because then I knew all the men are going to sing Joanna. <laughs> and I was like, let me go the first day. We actually had a wide variety in what the guys sang. It was a lot of my friends and mm. Joanna. I, those Did were like maybe do me a culpa? Oh, I thought you were saying no. my friends <laughs> oh my that auditioned. Can you imagine? Took me a second. So. I wouldn't oh, be no. surprised if that was Jared's oh. opportunity to come in and sing <laughs> my culpa. But like, That's Jared true. actually. So I have some beef. Um, on this podcast, someone just made it sound like they knew that they were requesting for um, Sweeney Todd songs, but I'm pretty sure one of the three of us didn't <laughs> know that Sweeney, so- no. Sweeney Todd songs no, were preferred. No, I was going to say, let me, after these delightful stories of like wonderful auditions, let me come in and tell you all about my experience <laughs> that was a pit of my own making uh, because I can't read sometimes and that's a really important thing you have to do as an actor so when you can't read it's a little bit of a problem um, no but I, I guess I can also back up and just fill in that I I came all the way from Florida to audition for this show um, <laughs> no but I, I not from here, and so having only been living in the Buffalo area for three years, I still feel like I'm learning where everything is, who, which folks are in what communities, and especially with theater, where everything kind of overlaps in so many different ways. Um, I had been very, very, very lucky the last couple years that I've been able to work uh, professionally with a handful of companies, but pretty much since I graduated from my, my college program, I've kind of... I've not, like, shied away from musicals, but I've stopped banking on them because an actor I am, 
a musical theater actor, I don't think I am as much. I'm an actor who moves, not an actor who dances. Um, and and so it's it's been one of those where I'm like, yeah, I'd love to be in the ensemble of a show, but like, what's the show and what are we doing? And like, God, am I going to get annoyed with this after the first two weeks of it? That I remember hearing about this like hearing about Starry Night because I had gone to see Frankenstein my my uh, fiance and I they're a horror and theater scholar and I've just sort of absorbed a lot of the the same ideas and like interests via osmosis um, so when we saw that y'all were doing Frankenstein we're like ooh we gotta go check this out and I also recognized uh, shout out to Dan Torres I was gonna be doing a show with him uh, not too much later than when Frankenstein was running, we were going to be doing uh, Fursona Non Grata together. That I was like, great, research trip. Let's go to a new theater that we haven't seen anything from before and I'll see who I'm going to be working a show with in a couple weeks. Um, we saw Frankenstein, we loved it, and I was like, great, cool, this is now on my radar. We had a similar, like, oh, hi, I'm so-and-so conversation where they all came to see Dan and Fursona. And... I hadn't paid attention at all to what the rest of the, the season at Ghostlight looked like until I think similarly to like when, when Nick sent Trevor the sort of like Facebook like, hey, there's a casting notice, uh, Sweeney Todd auditions. I was like, oh, I want to be in this show. I, there aren't many musicals that I have a like, this is my dream role, but like Sweeney Todd's been one of those like, this is a dream show because it is weird. It's insane like technically and as a like plot it is insane and i love it um and i love i love sondheim i love weird sondheim um and i was like all right sure and sort of just pulled i have a, a cut from a different sondheim musical that i use for auditions for like sondheim pieces because the way i was taught this is my post beef beef the <laughs> way that i was taught to audition for musicals came from this perspective of oh you do something that is from the composers like canon you do something that they've also written but not from the show that you're auditioning for you can't do that that's cheating you don't just want to give them what they want to hear if you can sing from the actual show that you may or may not be in. Why would you ever do that? Um, so I went in with a different Sondheim cut, got to the basement, knew I was going to be like one of the last ones to go because I think I got there like an hour and a half in and there were still so many people ahead of me that I was like, all right, we're going to be here a while. That's fine. That's fine. I knew a couple people that were there, but they got there early. So I got to talk with folks for like, 15 20 minutes before they left and I was sitting by myself and just looking at my phone looked at the cast notice again and realized please prepare a song from the show with an accompaniment or CD track <laughs> and I went oh no <laughs> so I spent the next 30 minutes standing in the corner uh, by <laughs> the water fountain in DJ's dad's office <laughs> trying to quickly learn the first uh, verse and chorus of Worst Pies, because I came into that audition sort of just pipe-dreaming for Mrs. Lovett, because I, I love her. I think she's a great character. I've always been cast older than I actually am. Like, I've through high school and college has always been the persistent following of, you have old woman energy. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're an old soul in a young body. Thanks, it's the anxiety and depression. Um, Shout out to anxiety and depression. <laughs> I was betted to do that. <laughs> so, so, yeah, no, basically in 30 minutes, 
put myself through another anxiety spiral of just like like trying to listen on my phone on the YouTube recordings of Angela Lansbury's version to get the timing of Worst Pies and go up there and do it and be like, I, I have this a little bit, but I can also sing other things. And honestly, I don't remember if I sang the Star Spangled Banner or not. I don't remember that part. I don't think you did. You really, like blacked out. I, mean, I don't know if I blacked out or if it was so just like the end of the second day that Sean was like, no, I don't need to hear this anymore. <laughs> Well, because you did, didn't you? Did both your songs, didn't you? I think so. I think I did. Um, I did like I did do worse pies, and I think Sean did want to hear uh, what I had actually brought with more than an hour's notice. Yeah, <laughs> and so that's why he's like, "No, don't, don't do lead by, don't follow my example, children. Do not change your audition song." Jesus Christ, superstar, come ready. Yes, with Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I, it's it's the blessing that here y'all actually just kind of cut to the chase about. We want to know if you can do the show because you don't we don't have a lot of time to do the show, which is great because not every theater does that, and it's the horrible like I sit there and have to decode. So do you want me to do something from the show? Will you not cast me deliberately if I do something from your show? But why would you not? Ah, yeah. They take the guessing <laughs> game out of that here, and I really appreciate that. And I just I I assumed I didn't read. But it wouldn't have been a big deal if she just started saying what she planned. No. 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 I wanted it to be just laid back and cool. Yeah. Whatever happens, happens. Squeaky From is a related but still very different energy than either <laughs> Love It or Beggar Woman. What did you say? Squeaky From. From Assassins. That That's yes. the cut that I have. It's from Unworthy of Your Love. Um, but no, and so I similarly went home. It was just sort of like, well... I guess I'll, to continue, the Kaylee continues to not be able to read the room about how anything works. Went home and was like, well, I guess I'll get an email at some point. No email. And then it was like no 12, email. it was midnight. And I get a text from one of my friends um, that had went to the audition. She was like, oh, hey, congrats, by the way. And I went, I'm like refreshing my email. I'm like, where is it? Where is it? What do you mean? What do you, how do you know? What's happening? And then I went to Facebook. <laughs> Probably po or probably send an email. <laughs> I was about to say there is no communication whatsoever between the. It's like if you're not looking for the social media post, you don't know. That's <laughs> like, why I suggested to DJ if there's ever a show I'm not in, uh, yeah. whatever, I would love to be like an assistant stage Pocket manager. Stage manager that just like is the one that takes all the notes, sends out any emails. I mean, not an audition thing, but whatever. Well, yeah. In my defense. Um, <laughs> After each person, I was like, okay, it'll be on the website and social media. And I think by the time else. you got to me, though, it was just, I, that thought was out the you window. You did not tell me. I definitely <laughs> did because I wrote it down. No. I 100% I would have, I would have retained that. That's why you were looking on your social media all night. Well, no, because I. You just do that anyway. Yeah, I do that anyway. <laughs> Your whole story revolved yeah. around you being so nervous Wait, that you're were just you just kept refreshing your social media. Were you looking at an email? Were you trying to look in your I email? Was, yeah, I was tr- doing all of it. Mm. Oh, so I Check get notifications on my email. So I would have known you sent an email. Mm-hmm. So that would have gone unmissed regardless. Yeah. So then I was thinking, because I know some companies here in Buffalo will post their cast list online. Yep. And you guys... Or some will do both. Or some will yeah. send you the email and get verification from their actors or before then posting it. Or they'll put the cast list up it. first. Yeah. And then, yeah. 
email you that you didn't get it. <laughs> well, we used to make phone calls, and I refused. I yeah, would never no. do that in my don't life. Don't ever. Yeah, I love that. Don't don't call me. Text yes. me. Don't call me. Yeah, don't even text, text me. I feel like a text would be don't fine. Don't need like, me. That's the, <laughs> that's the I, short of it. Don't need me. Don't reach out to me. For text most me. people, I would say, all right, website, social mm. media. And then... Uh, this is kind of a beef of mine, but I won't get into it because <laughs> it's real, real Refraining. spice, real spice. Um, we post a read through on the website too, and on our social media. Mm. So where I told people to look, if they're in the cast, you would see in big letters, right? You all saw it. You're all there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I had people First be like, well, was- I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know when read through was. I didn't know any of this. Uh. Like, well, you knew you were in the cast. Yeah. So it was. So at what point did you not scroll down and read the rest of the everything? We'll yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like names. that was just uh, that's wild to me. But and it's yeah. happened more than once. Yeah. But it's like it's there in big letters because I wrote it. I know I wrote it. But the thing about getting that cast notice was because I I had I think I've just had the worst bout of like my own like imposter syndrome self-doubt complex of like I've always like, I've always loved singing I've always really enjoyed it but I've never had the patience for lessons <laughs> and I know this is a flaw of mine and I need to get better and I need to like get back on my like actually taking vocal practicum vocal like classes again just to keep myself sharp um, but part of the reason I was really really interested in the show was that I, again, had the pipe dream of, like, oh, it would be really great to play, like, like again, shooting for the stars, Mrs. Lovett. But thinking probably, oh, I'm probably going to be in the ensemble of this, because that's been my track record. With every musical that I've ever been in, uh, every musical on my resume, I have only ever been in the ensemble or featured chorus member or something or other. I've never had a named role in a musical that seeing my name next to beggar woman, I went, Oh my God, what? <laughs> Congrats on that, by the way. She's like, I mean, Lo- love it gets like these beautiful, amazing, chaotic, crazy, delightful, whole range of stuff as a character. Beggar woman is a, like, she's the crux of the show, whether she knows it or not. And that mm-hmm. is a huge weight of responsibility on my shoulders. You do it so well. So. though. Like I can't imagine anyone else pulling it off the way that, I feel like that about everyone in the in in the mm-hmm. oh, sure. primary cast. Yeah. Like. I I do have a pivot of a question. It's still in the realm of auditions. Mm. So DJ, next year, nothing set in stone, but is there anything from this process that you've learned oh. that you think you may implement question. next year, change for next year, or maybe not even next year, but in the future? Just trying to get that immediate scoop for how to prepare. Oh no, your not Jesus at all. Christ mm-hmm. Superstar but no, people audition. listen to. Yeah, I'm going to sing Jesus Christ Superstar. I already think I have my song picked out. <laughs> a year oh in advance, God. right? Well, I, have no, I, I was laid off. Everybody about a month oh. and a half ago. I have nothing going on, so I have nothing but time. I've listened to Hunchback of Notre Dame three or four times already. <laughs> I've listened to show. Jesus Christ Superstar not even once, but I listened to some <laughs> songs to get ready for an audition. But no, like, as a, because this podcast is all about yeah. theater, behind yeah. the stage. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, well, send an email. I, I will probably <laughs> just start doing that for normal shows now. I mean, wow. it's, a, it's a good idea. Um, I was thinking, and I'll have to run it past Sean, obviously, but I think it'd be cool if we just put out, like, sing a, a 70s rock song next yes. year. Or even just, like, sing from the musical or a 70s rock song, yeah. but don't come in singing, you know, Happy Birthday. That's yeah. not. 
I want to know what you can do. And like Jesus has that screech part. So it's like, give me eye of the tiger or don't bother coming in. Yeah. Um, so that's, I don't know. I think that would be a fun twist. And then people would have more fun, like singing any seventies rock song yeah. they want to, or all this is subject to change though. I want everybody listening to this. Yeah. yeah this yeah. could change. Not the show. Cause that's set. But yeah, that's set. auditions. Sean could hear that and be like, Oh, that's heinous. But I think he's <laughs> Sean's I think like, he's shout out to wrong information. <laughs> Sean is crawling. Um, skin. Besides that, I don't. I don't know. I don't think anything else. Like we're not going to do the Star Spangled Banner thing because hmm. Jesus Christ Superstar is pretty straightforward yeah. musically. Yeah, um, it's not right. Sondheim. It's not Sondheim. What a refreshing break that will be. It'll be so nice. It'll be so completely beautiful. Uh, we. I fully planned on having callbacks for this. Like, we just set it in stone, Sean and I. We're like, yeah, no matter what, we're going to have them. And then after Wednesday, we're like, no, we don't need them. So, so y'all, y'all went on an Olive Garden date right after auditions. No, we went we went a few months before. Oh, 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 oh. And then um, we just sat there afterwards and talked okay. for a while about everything. I thought Olive everything. Garden happened after we, we all I mean, left the building. It's it worked out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? See, that's I think that's one of my biggest strength, strengths as a director is uh, casting. Mm. I, I mean, humble brag for all of us. <laughs> I mean, you saw us humble sing brag. two songs. And, I mean, the three of us, I mean, pat ourselves on the back. I mean, we went Absolutely. through this and we've, we've done well. And, yeah. you know, there's was never a point where I thought faith in me had faltered or did I have faltering faith in the show? Through this process, I have become one with my barrel. <laughs> <laughs> I've become one with truly one with this coat because of the amount of sweat <laughs> that has, has wicked off of my skin. Sense. Um, so whoever gets this um, potato sack of a jacket, no, no I am, oh will always be with you. I will always be <laughs> with you. So this is not a secret. Every theater has been struggling coming back from COVID. You had two years off of doing absolutely nothing. So getting we've talked about it on here before too, like getting back to that normalcy of mm. numbers we're used to or attendance we're used to. Yeah. This show is above like kind of where we used to be, which is so great to see again. So that's not everyone. Like that's mm-hmm. the word of mouth that happened. I was talking to my dad on, on Thursday night and we had a, a, a sold a full house for that. We were sold out. Mm-hmm. So from Thursday to Friday, tickets went insane and tickets are still going like we haven't seen increases like this in, in so so long, so that's on yeah. every single one of us. Which is so exciting when like seeing on like this is going to sound very adult. Uh, seeing on like LinkedIn from like some of my other friends and colleagues like across the country in the theater industry, like there are people that I worked with in Florida that during the pandemic basically either uprooted themselves or got uprooted because of places that closed, scattered mm-hmm. all over the country, and are still finding out that places that they had worked no longer like maybe the business name still exists but they really don't exist as a theater company like they can't operate or one place entirely shut down or this theater yeah is dead gone and the building's been sold and turned into something else that especially like in an area where you have beautiful amazing professional like performances and you've you've chaise looming in your backyard to mm-hmm. still have such a supportive and eager community around a community theater because mm-hmm. some of the places that I've went, been to and near 
for community theater. It's either been mostly for the younger part of the community, and mm-hmm. it's a great opportunity for them. But the like rest of the older like adult c- doing the community theater side of things hasn't always been great. And and like and that's why I always am like I don't know how to talk about like coming as an outsider. I don't know how to talk about y'all and be like I know your community theater, but from my background and the lived experience that I have, unfortunately, when I hear community theater, I hear it as a derogatory statement. And y'all don't exactly. deserve that. No. <laughs> y'all deserve something more than that. I'm totally 100% co-signing that. Yeah. Because just the level of dedication in which the cast, I mean, Sean, not Sean, um, Jared and... The dedication, not Sean, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Not you, Sweeney. (laughs) I'm thinking of Jared and Jenna. The hours. Yes. Jenna's our leading lady. Yeah. And the amount of hours that she would spend on our sets, the amount of hours you personally spent on our yeah, set. Yeah, we'd stay around and talk an extra half hour. and Hour always, and a half Yeah, sometimes. I'd leave at the half hour, you'd leave in the hour and a half, but then DJ Jenna and Jared would be the last ones there. Closing up shop. Yep. And that's the Building thing. things. That's, I go back, I want to go back to this point of when I walked in that first day, I said, oh, this is a family. And, you know, I, I just want to attest to that even further because you have people like Ben, who I've never knew still barely know in the grand scheme of things <laughs> but the amount of times he will just stop mid stride mid thought and just look at me and go how are you doing yeah. and the support and just every single person that we've i've come in contact in the two months that i've been a part of this um theater it's just there's a passion and there's a dedication that you i didn't even get in college and people were doing that for credit yeah you know and it is just so taking a five-year hiatus, especially through the pandemic and coming back into this. What a wonderful, wonderful experience. And, yeah, this is boosting you because at the, all of this, you are, like, the base of our tree, the top of yeah. our pyramid, whatever. And I just want to say, like, you know, even Alex, like, I said this last time, but <laughs> Alex, you feel say like such an important person. But I feel like now that I've really learned more everybody feels important Mm -hmm. you know and that is so not the norm yeah i feel because like you'll go see a show community show and like the ensemble you know they're singing they're performing but like there's like a a vacancy in their eyes and you go look at their socials and there's nothing posted right um you stay after to do a little talk back and they've packed up and they they ran yeah you know but here it's like everybody's included. I go on my Facebook and man, I see Starry Night, Starry Night, and I'm not friends with that many Starry Night people. Mm-hmm. So just like the dedication that we have, and thankfully I get to be a part of <laughs> now, yeah, is great. Wow. Thank you. I really appreciate all that. That means a ton. Happy, happy to just gush. And yeah, but then on the other hand, DJ, you know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. oh. <laughs> okay, Alex was so ready to get in on that hate. She's been yeah, sitting she was, here just out of the microphone. She's just been biding her time. Her and I are sharing a microphone, and she's just been like out of the way, and then for that, she leaped at the microphone. <laughs> I saw the daggers Any, any time to make fun of DJ. <laughs> Here's the thing. I, let's, let's turn the spotlight to Alex. No, come on. Come on, no. your co-host. 
I asked the wrong question last time because That's it was fine. already covered. Um, so, Alex, just what's been your experience in Sweeney Todd? Have, has anybody asked you this? In Sweeney Todd? Yeah. No. Well, no, I mean, we've talked about it, but... Sure. We've touched. Y'all keep, trying, y'all keep trying to make these podcasts about, like, just kind of getting to know people in their background and, like, their love about theater. And we just all keep coming back to talk about this show. Right. Well, that's... So, last... I learned last time that you've been a part of this company for five years, it was? Mm-hmm. You started the same time as VJ. Yes. And both of you have become, in my eyes, staples. I just feel like everybody knows Alex. You have, like, an air about you. And so does VJ. They've turned into staples. Oh, God. (laughs) Right. But seeing, like, from your perspective, not being a director, being a performer, being on this podcast, what is it like for you coming into the first rehearsal, seeing all these new faces, and knowing that the show, like, something that you are happily a part of is now being carried on by new people? You know, what does that feel like for you? Okay, so I'll start with... I've always wanted to be in musical and I, I've just never had an opportunity that I, I leaped at. And, um, so this one, I, I didn't even audition for it, but I didn't audition. <laughs> okay. Nepotism. Nepo baby. No, but, um, I just, I wanted to be in it, but I wasn't sure about it because hearing you guys singing, I can't believe there's people in the main cast who don't take voice lessons. (laughs) And, like, to me, I always thought anyone in the main cast of any musical, like, they must, even in in a community theater, they must take voice lessons. So I was already like, I would never be cast in a musical ever. Um, And the only time I, I enjoy singing, I sang in chorus in school, but in high school, but that's it. Otherwise, it's just me in my bedroom in the car. Finn Hudson from Glee in the shower until <laughs> Schuster hears him. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thank you for the Glee lore. <laughs> so. <laughs> DJ's mad. I think yeah, DJ's yeah, yeah. anti <laughs> So, um, yeah, anyways, I just. One day I was at um, Crew, I think it was, and. I was talking with Jenna about how I would like to be in the musical, but I wasn't sure. I was talking to DJ about possibly doing sound. Was this before or after our first rehearsal? Before. Okay, okay. Yeah, So I want to set the stage. Yeah, so then DJ just asked me randomly if I would like to be in it, and I said, sure, because mm-hmm. why not? Have you caught the bug? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've already had the bug before. I just never... But no, but well, like the musical. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Musical bug. You've perf- well, you've performed, but now it's yeah. musical. Yeah. It's similar, but it's a different one. Well, my experience in high school was that everyone seemed... The musical was the main thing everyone yeah. wanted to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And it made me feel like Big you had to be... musical energy. Yes. And mm-hmm. you had to be like a triple threat You, if yeah. you wanted to be an actor. Just an actor. Yeah. Like, I was always interested in the plays. Mm-hmm. I was I'm never excited the, to see you perform more of them. Thank you. Um, but, yeah, I was always just... I wanted to be an actor. I wasn't like, oh, I need to be a singer and, yeah. and dance and do the mm-hmm. musical. But it made me feel like an outsider and like I had to mm-hmm. partake in that. Right. Um, same. Absolutely same. Well, I've said this in rehearsals before. It's like you can either be an actor who sings or a singer who acts. There mm-hmm. are people who are equally both. But me, I'm a singer who acts. 
and you're the exact opposite. And that's that's a lot of fun, though. Yeah, yeah and just um, um, meeting you guys, everyone has opened my eyes and and allowed me to see that there is potential in myself and that I'm not alone in feeling a certain way about whether it's imposter syndrome or just there's other people out there like me who have the same thoughts and anxieties. But that's why your voice matters too, because there are like you who could hear this or think this like, Oh, I'm not a singer. I I can keep a tune, but I can't sing where it's like the experience is still there for you to take and take it. Just do it. Audition. Who cares? Or do it or be part of crew for a very long time and then be asked to be in an ensemble and you you will learn quick. <laughs> the world is your oyster. But you're like a featured ensemble member because you're we yeah. see you your face pops up a few times. I say you me you me and Jenna have a whole like whoa like the ensemble in general has such a big part of it. Yes. As a whole. I kind yeah. of actually feel like the ensemble might even have a bigger part than like I even yeah. do in some ways. So like um, yeah, no, the ensemble is absolutely mm-hmm. just like a huge aspect of this. And our ensemble is amazing. Mm-hmm. Every single person in the ensemble brings something to the table. Yeah. So that's really cool to see that. Um, we mentioned this last time we were gushing about like the, oh, the idea of the ensemble, not as just Victorian whoever's, but like a Greek chorus, the like, the like, like telling the, the story. The, yeah. Telling yeah. the story like Narrating. a Greek chorus does, but you've had them in these, uh, handmaid's tale, red robes. And as a like theater, like academic and like script analysis perspective, I'm like, we have these lines that just sort of get thrown in for dramatic flair, supposedly from Sondheim of the, like he, he served Sweeney attend the tale of Sweeney Todd. He served a dark and a hungry God. He served a dark and a vengeful God. This is a man named Benjamin Barker who is now going by Sweeney Todd. And to have the ensemble kind of just be this, like, cult of blood kind of idea. You're not done like, yet. That's I, not all you had. You said that it's a reincarnated. Yeah, no. Keep going with this thought. Yes. This is my favorite part. No, the, the idea that they're. <laughs> it blew my mind. Theoretically, depending on how you interpret it, could be this great idea of a, don't, a don't cycle. Don't do that. No, like, well, th- because we're, be there's, there's a couple of things that we are not, like, changing, but, like, that we don't have Toby doing in the ending just because we don't have the like bodies that are and here's the police officers and then Toby just sings more to himself <laughs> in a crazy little gremlin mode um, wait is he supposed to be escorted off by the police officers basically like there's supposed to be that implied like he's he's just kind of like oh I love he, our version better yeah no it's it's a, and that's one of the things it's a, like it kind of just ends like it's creepy and it's it's that weird like scary movie vibes but as a show it kind of ends weird if that's the case and like joanna and anthony are just kind of standing horrified in the corner with the officers when they <laughs> unaware of what's this. going on no, they like why in, are they in the basement they because <laughs> they come like joanna escapes the like officers are on their way they all come running in and like they are horrified at what they find in in the basement uh with the the oven and the meat grinder. Um, but there's Which this... you need to watch. Come see the show to find yeah. out what's in the meat grinder. What's in the meat grinder? You'll never guess what. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> but from what animal? <laughs> um, Jared. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No. I'm so sorry, Jared. <laughs> no, I know what he's going to say about that, and I just don't want to hear it. <laughs> no, but basically there's a fun idea if you read it this way, that there is a cycle, that Sweeney Todd is not just Benjamin Barker, but Sweeney Todd is this bloodlustful entity of vengeance that you kind of let him in and suddenly he consumes his host in some ways you see it transfer that well it's this idea of like in a show where it's so much about the blood and the death and what is happening to the bodies that it's a we we kind of loot like like similarly the love story there's things that just get lost in the sauce and part of it becomes why he came back and what his goal was in the first place just kind of gets so sidetracked by other influences <laughs> um, that it it the cycle perpetuates it doesn't break and and you can only sort of hope that those that escape it can actually live happily outside of it. Which my hands never get bloody. So, yeah. honestly, I break the cycle. Yeah. <laughs> break your generational trauma cycles, kids. I got two things to add. One, I think the episode name should be Lost in the Sauce. <laughs> I like that. Because it comes up a lot. Yeah. yeah. And I do like it. Like the Bear sauce. on Hulu, but don't stream it right now because of the strikes. Oh. Mm. Mm. Just saying. <laughs> they haven't called for a boycott, but at the Not same yet. time. Just choose wisely. Time. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. So, number one, Lost um, in the Sauce. Lost in the Sauce. Lost in the Sauce, number one. Number two, um, I read this whole thing. I was reading up on the blood usage. Yeah. And uh, Tim Burton was saying that he wanted he made the, the blood so colorful because how shocking it was the first time to see it live on Broadway, like yeah. blood shooting out of people, was yeah. just unheard of. So he wanted to make it, like, so bright and, like, the whole opening scene in the movie is just the blood dripping everywhere. So I thought that was really cool, and I wanted to do more with that. And I always hated that the ensemble was just normal Hello, we're Victorian. Yeah. yeah, what the hell are you doing in Mrs. Lovett's Pie Shop? Why are you here? Why, why are, are you, you here? Why are you outside the judge's house? Like, it makes no sense. Yeah. So for them to be this disconnected entity that is timeless... And represents the blood that flows through the whole show. I thought was kind of our way of doing the huge blood without having to shoot the audience with blood every night. And that really, that really does come across. Yeah. Oh my God. The the uncomfortable laughter at the top <gasps> of the Joanna Quartet is one of my favorite parts of the night. Because you have me just singing yeah. Joanna, and everybody who doesn't isn't familiar with the show thinks it's going to be another little devotion Ballad. to <laughs> Joanna. And I hit this beautiful high note, and then just lights kidding. up on Sean on the platform, <laughs> gutting a fish. <laughs> That's Except what's in the, the pie. Fish is Ryan. <laughs> Wait, I thought it was. I thought it was. It's Carter. not Ryan first, but it's... Carter Ryan Callum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, my cue to go out is <laughs> him going up the stairs. <laughs> In case you were wondering how it feels like to be an actor. <laughs> true, true. My cue to go out is desperately listening for the right count of the music that I think is supposed to be happening, but maybe I'm ahead of myself by half a measure. Who knows? <laughs> We're bringing beef back. MTI tracks. Now, you know yeah. what is the most impressive that I, <laughs> that I wanted to bring attention to is that I think we talked about this either in the theater or last time that you do the light cues. Yeah. All on your own. Yeah. Like there's no preset run. Yeah, programming. Yeah. Yeah. Go go back through that real quick. 
Um, so usually for a show, um, you'll write down cue cards for each scene. You'll have the script open or have the cue cards or both. And you have what levels you want your lights at. And I don't have either of those things. I just wing it every night. Like, I know the story. I mean, I directed it. So, like, I know it. Well, you said you would turn to Liz. Come on. I, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, Put my, us back there. My memory, my memory's got awful. It really, truly is a horrendous showing of, I don't know. Um, our fearless director, our little goldfish. Yes. Yeah, I have a goldfish brain. So, I'll turn to Liz and be like, uh, what's next? Like, where do we go from here? <laughs> And so she wrote me a little a little cue card of like what came next. It was just like three in a row. Yeah. Like these are the next three. And there's one I always forget. It's when you come out uh, to the pie shop. Yeah. Before yeah. I yeah I forget that every time. And I so I'm like, that. no, it's okay. Shoot. Me and Jenna do too. I mean, I know Jenna's already kind of running around on that other side of the stage, but I have to stop where I am on stage left, like backstage, and like stand squint at a wall or like look at that breakdown sheet again and go right yes mm-hmm. I've got to go out here first. and I love yes, her yes. sprinting backstage that's another little Jenna. behind the scene thing she is such like the dedication that Jenna has is phenomenal yeah but one of the silly little things it's there's a point where she leaves stage left and has to reappear stage right and she sprints through the green room and She's so great at giving nonverbal cues of stomping her feet when yeah. she doesn't need to. She like she right? got her skirts hiked up, hiked she's up stomp and stomping through the and green it is room. just the cue to and move. Maybe, yeah, like maybe one hand is like football running, like stretching <laughs> out to like mm-hmm. like push anybody out of her way if she has to, but like we hear her coming and we start pulling like the people that aren't paying attention to the woman bolting through the green room were like, move, get out of the way. And that's exactly what I pictured. So I'm glad that that's what's happening. <laughs> yeah, that that is exactly fully Because I knew every time that door closes and like, I try to take a long time, like transferring the lights over yeah, to bringing up on VJ. Bit more time. But I'm like, I know she's just bowling through everyone in the mm-hmm. back. Yep. Oh, she just, and like I support her. And I love that. Then we have your quick change where we, we do Carter's always, Carter or Ben is changing into a costume. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you need to move. I throw my hat up. <laughs> I throw Whoa. my jacket off. And I sprint to the other side. And it is turning you from pretty lady to pretty man. <laughs> I'm just a little lad. <laughs> no, and then Casey. I'm for a shave, sir. But y'all are doing that at the end of the show. Casey is helping me like five times in a row at the top of the show as I have yeah. to take cloaks on and off and headpieces on and off. Well, and I have so little going change. on in the very beginning <laughs> that it makes me feel good to have something to do, honestly. We will give you a job. Yeah, I was yeah. paying attention. Everybody has costume changes like the judge mm-hmm. and then obviously Todd and... Um, Todd and Love It. Love It they goes do. through a lot of dress changes. And I just looked at my costume and I go, wow, what a blessing. <laughs> I only changed my coat for you're a quarter a, you're scene. You're a sailor. I Your needs that. are few. You just want for the, the open sea. And if you want to know more, it's actually a sleeveless dress shirt. Ooh. Because I'm Scandalous. a sweaty hog. <laughs> So, oh, I, before I forget, as you met, you were mentioning stage blood earlier, and I have a fun anecdote. Would you rather me replace my Muppets casting with a fun <laughs> stage blood anecdote? Oh, sound off in the comments. Which one do you think you should have done? <laughs> Come back for part three. Oh. <laughs> no, yeah, um, uh, I'm in for no, both. So, the, the, again, I, I might be paraphrasing some of this horribly, but. Um, one of the, my favorite things that I have learned about like horror and theater from my my partner who's been doing their dissertation research like on a lot of lot of this kind of stuff. There was a theater company in 
France called the Grand Guinal. They were into weird stuff. They experimented. They did a lot of like playing with style, grotesque, sort of. Some of it was more vaudeville, some of it was full shows. But apparently, when they were doing like scary shows, they had a stage blood recipe that was so lifelike that it scared the living daylights out of their audience members. Like, people were absolutely so convinced that actors were being, like, sliced or if they were shot on stage, quote-unquote, like, that they were they were actually bleeding. Like, it was a really convincing stage blood. Company shuts down in the 60s, if I remember correctly, but part of the building is destroyed or, like, their records are sort of destroyed. That recipe has been lost to time. And apparently, like, there are people that have worked with the company that went on to, like, say, like, uh, otherwise, like, working with other theaters, that it's that, like, and I... Nobody remembers how to make it now, but, like, we know when we see stuff, it's like, well, it's not quite like this was. And it's just this sort of, like, looming, haunted, like, how are you going to crack the recipe of a good enough stage blood to beat the Grand Guinal? I don't know that I know enough about blood to recognize how fake it is. (laughs) Like I don't, I don't think I work with it enough to be like, oh, that's well, it's, so fake. It's the weird, like theatricality. Like you have to make it a little more theatrical, like different enough than just how real blood behaves, because it doesn't yeah. shoot out of somebody's neck like the way <laughs> it has to at the top of Act Two. Wait, should we do what is it? The Awakening? No. What's the Spring Awakening? No, 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 no. <laughs> No, no, no. What's I the I said imagine. I volunteer. Spring Awakening. Awesome. <laughs> no, what's the movie next, in next the hotel summer. where the blood comes down the... The Shining? The Shining. The shi- I was going to say Hotel Transylvania. <laughs> <laughs> both, both viable options. Everybody sound off about how... <laughs> how horrendous I am. Let's just do that. Let's do The Shining. Fill, fill an elevator with blood. Do that every night. Nothing no. could go wrong. Yes. And then do Spring Awakening after yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. We'll get them both on. I would love to do The Shining. I think the movie's overrated, but I think it'd be fun. Is that public domain yet? I don't know what's public domain. It's all of Stephen King. Stephen King wrote that, right? Yes. Or am I making a fool out of myself? I no, I, I'm pretty sure. I don't remember. All of his did. stuff is public domain because oh. he's a real one. He's a real one for real. So for you're real. saying we could do it? I think I like I think so unless because it's a movie that they have no because yeah, it's still a book yeah so I feel like like he went out of his way and like no anybody could take this and turn it into anything they want to because he's a real one I don't know. shout out Stephen King Yay. shout out Stephen King because he's not lost in the sauce that's a I fact mean, <laughs> no, I mean when he's writing maybe but yeah I mean he maybe but a he's given us some great stuff shout out to I think it was like high school English class we had this like textbook about writing mm-hmm. written by Stephen King interesting and I did not oh, write right. it I was no. a I was a spark noter so oh, bad in high school and you now have Forever. a podcast about I books have, I haven't read that book but I think I've I've seen it <laughs> oops I've heard of it. shout out to Miss Miss Brothers My did I not. never read East of Eden <laughs> not not this theater's Jared, but I have a very good friend, Jared, who always used to say, I read a book once. Just leave it at that. I had a teacher that's like, all right, everyone raise your hand if you've read a book. So, of course, everyone's hand goes up. Yeah. And like, no, but if you feel like 
you had to read every page of the book. And then, like, everyone's like, he's like, take, like, two minutes, think about that. <laughs> and then, like, two people actually had their hands up. Mm. And it turns out I never read a book until, uh-huh. like... What does that mean? Like, there were pages that I would, wouldn't actually read. Like, I would skip over or, yeah. like, skim. Like, skimming, he's like, skimming's not reading. You gotta read the book and understand what you just read. Like, if you can't tell me what just happened on that page... You didn't read the book. Well, we know who's never being a guest on my podcast. <laughs> I'm not a very good reader. I read all the time, so I can be a guest. But we're not talking about that yet. <laughs> wow. Carla's, a, Carla's a good reader, too. I mean, well. not good. And <laughs> she's, she's a reader. She's a Shout out, Carla. Reader. Come back up. We like a, well, we actually can do it over Google Meet. We have like a good noodle board backstage of like <laughs> yeah. who's a good reader in the theater. You get the Pizza Hut slips if you've if read it. number one. <gasps> pizza Hut Did you pizza have the party? historical fiction challenge in your elementary school? I think so. We had to read like 50 historical fiction books a year and or like through your three, I don't know how, whatever. But at graduation you would have gotten a trophy (laughs) and I was one of like five kids who didn't get it. Wow. (laughs) Historical fiction and I, like Little House on the Prairie, like I I don't care. (laughs) Like Slay, but not for me. I didn't have one that was like a specifically like that high number. I think we had like a blue dot book test challenge. Mm. It's like we had to read certain ones, take a quiz on them. We got points. We had to read a certain number of those. And like, depending on how many points we got, would get like a pizza party coupon, something or others. But if I had the specific, like you have to read this many historical fictions, that would have been my incentive to buy every single book in the American Girl Doll book collection. Because I had three of them, and I thought about getting more, and then I never went back You know what them. I did? My, as a hand-me-down, I was given the Charlie Brown Encyclopedia books. Ooh. Right? From my brother, and there was like one for every letter. But what I did was put them in a line and made little obstacle courses in my living room (laughs) jumping from book cover to book cover fun the proper way to read (laughs) is through your feet (laughs) everyone reads their own way I support it Um, I support it but according to this teacher there's only one reason one way to read Mm. well I kind of agree with them though like it it made sense after I thought about it like you know what I can't claim this but like if you watch a movie and you're on your phone during it did you watch the movie no 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 So he got me. He got me there. Whoa. I'm watching Casey fade. <laughs> oh. She's I still know. here, everyone. True. I haven't heard I you in a while. DJ's also fading. <laughs> well, yeah, I think we're at our point. It's, it's EP hours. It's hard to tell because we're at 136, 137 now. We were around uh, a half hour. Yeah. Um. So we're good. We did it. Last real quick thing. I'm going to do it for Kaylee because... They okay. will do it so long. I will, yeah, I'll round about it. You, you do. You, you end it up. List. So you here's know my the demands. Thing. The whole thing about this Muppets thing, right? Real <laughs> last. Julie. last this started thing. with at least from my experience. This started with Julie approaching backstage asking this question. I think you should start with your your two shoutouts first, and then get into that. Because what if we lose people and then you don't get your shoutouts in? Oh, you don't think people stick around for the Muppets? <laughs> my shoutouts. If I were listening, I'd be like, "Get me out of here." Oh. Your podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh. Um, you go. Okay, I'll go first. I uh, have a podcast that I co-host with a couple of my friends uh, called the Liberal Artists Podcast because we all got degrees uh, varying in the liberal arts and went, well, what do we do with this? Uh, so we uh-huh. talk about movies, cartoons, theater, 
books, uh, all sorts of weird topics. We've talked about like celebrities and animation. We've uh, done a couple deep dives on specific animes or other like classic movies, big variety of content. It's basically we just went, hey, what do we want an excuse to talk about this week? This. Uh, but you can find the Liberal Artist Podcasts and me uh, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And I have a baby podcast, yeah. not yet born through the swinging doors. <laughs> Soon. <laughs> um, Soon. No. So my podcast is What I Was Thinking Podcast. And in short, it is a book club. Every month there's going to be a book and a new co-host where we're going to read a book, do an episode as a read-through of our live reactions, and then a deep dive where we do... Um, some research about the the book, the author, and whatnot. Um, my socials just went live yesterday, August first, and the first episode is to is slated to air September first. So, what I was thinking podcast for all your book club needs, and I don't fully know a hundred percent where it's going to be because that is a whole hmm. new slice of pie for me. But maybe you can you could finally read the Stephen King book about writing. Mm, I don't think that's going to make really good content, <laughs> but we'll t- we'll put that we'll put that at the bottom that's of the survey maybe. when we do the when we do the audience participation see, book we'll we'll th- we'll throw that on there. <laughs> um, but so, thank you all. But the 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 meat yes. we told you this at the beginning of the episode. We're finally getting to it. The Muppets, which there was this whole thing of me learning what a Muppet was. <laughs> Jim Henson puppets yep. are. Yep. Muppets. Anything Henson Studios has touched. <laughs> Still doesn't make sense to me. Where does the M come in? Um, you remove the P and like... put the M in. But why? Uh, like meeples? Like there's no meeples? M in Jim. Jim no, what is it, Henson? Um, no M. Oh, I think it was sort of the idea of like monster, like Sesame Street or monsters. Like I think it started with that idea as like monster monster, monster puppets. puppets. But let, me, let me fact check myself. Why you fact check? Shame the good name of Jim Henson. So, in this realm, Julie was like, oh, you know how in the Muppets, like, they'll do, like, a recreation of something, and there's always, like, the token human. Everybody else is Muppets, but there's always one human. So, I guess this <laughs> sparked a conversation backstage. I found it. It's not monster. It is a blend of marionette and puppet. What? Wow. I hate it even more. <laughs> wow. And all it's the Muppet stands <laughs> shout out in the comments. DJ's wrong. It's not enough that these creatures have a hand in their butt. They now have, like, sticks in their arms and stuff. That's okay. weird. Okay. <laughs> All right. DJ so, took it there. Cue sweet Kaylee going through. And I had a big deliberation with this for a while. Mm-hmm. So, in, in sh- nutshell... Sweeney and Lovett cannot be humans because they're a pairing. Yeah. Right? So not them. Joanna and Anthony, same reason. Can't be anything. Mm-hmm. The Judge, the Beatle, same kind of thing. Um, you have Pirelli, which I think would be super funny. Yeah. That would have been my vote. But you can give your answer because it was your answer. Yes. Yeah, so I just painted the My stage. sort of breakdown of everything was you have Kermit and Piggy as Sweeney and Lovett, of course. Uh, you get a little spicy. You throw a different kind of love interest in there. You have Gonzo and his chicken wife Camilla as Anthony and Joanna. The Lord. To continue the birds, you have Sam Eagle, obviously, as Judge Turpin, the most serious Muppet. Um, and I really like the idea of Beaker being 
uh, the beetle because it's just me, 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 Oh, I mock him yeah. all the time. Like, I think that's perfect. Um, I Somebody had a really good one of uh, Pirelli as the Swedish chef, which I think works, but I prefer, I think my preference is Pepe de King Braun. Um, Toby, I can't remember, but I think we said either Animal or Kermit's nephew, Robin. But then my vote is that the beggar DJ's woman, face right now, everybody the beggar steam. woman, is the one human in this world of Muppets. <laughs> I think Toby would be a good human. No, I think Which, it's yeah. No, I like you might not be wrong on that front, but I just don't know who would be the beggar woman in that case. Like out of the rest of the casting. Spoiler alert: <laughs> A human cutting Kermit's neck is like <laughs> peak <laughs> peak comedy. <laughs> A human slits Kermit's throat. <laughs> And so then the pies are just stuffed animal pies. Now you I'm know, interested. It's, it's like the Swedish chef, like all of the like food, the produce are also like little Muppets that he keeps like trying to chase around. The pies are just like absolutely. Little, <laughs> Abs- they have little faces. So sound off in the comments. Um, Cause why not? Yeah. Shout out Muppets. It's absolutely cursed. Um, There's no denying. But this is, I'm going to sign off. Yeah. And with Trevor that, is done. That work here is done. Do you want to do our outro, Alex? No. Um, follow us. We still have a Threads account. I don't know if anyone still uses. And shout that. out to the sponsor. <gasps> yeah. You guys should do like a little bit. Like, oh my god. Yeah. My electricity is. I know. We have to wait, actually like. Wait here. And- no, ready? We have I to write one in. Yeah. Oh my god! I'm having such electrical problems lately. Uh, my whole wall, like where my toaster <laughs> and my blender are connected, just isn't working. I know. I actually know a company who can, who might be able to help you with that. Oh, give me their. Can you give me their details? Absolutely. Oh, that's you. <laughs> Are are you looking up their contact information? Uh, yeah. Oh, tell me more, please. They're called JDS Electrical Inc. (gasps) They are licensed and insured, and their number is 716-523-2711. Give us that number one more time. Their number is 716-523-2711. So if you're also in a house that has electrical (laughs) problems, or you have a theater lift to help with... People with yes. wheelchairs, so you are not carrying a woman feeling her creaking <laughs> joints as you are bringing her down the stairs. Oh Which shout out to her, like she's a trooper, like yeah. she had a mission, and I loved her for coming. Yeah. Um, but if you have those problems, reach out to them. Yeah. I'm giving our host some some um, we got material. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. have to meet up and, and yeah, 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 and meet us up. <laughs> at our last four performances of Sweeney Todd. <laughs> I love how Trevor was like hitting my knee like, come on, something. We should do what they do in songs where it's like the outro where like you stop the recording but we're still talking so it just like fades to silence and it's like we're all still best friends even when the mics are off. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Kesha, I like your beard. Or um, uh, Pink will go, uh, why the music stop? Yeah, 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 yeah. I love Pink. 
Yes. Just have to get that in there. Yo, shout out Pink. Shout if out you're to shout out to Pink. Us, no, you have a stage anytime. You have a stage anytime. And I will speak on behalf if of the she's company. She's not busy just doing backflips and cartwheels in the air and on like silks and on work. harnesses. Yeah, DJ, I need an itemized list of why you love Pink so much, actually. Not, not, not next podcast. She, next one, next she one. is just the coolest. I also, I had a dream now that you said that. I, when I was young, I always had a dream of having um, Drake Bell perform on the stage. Oh my and God. that was my biggest dream. Um, now it's changed. Now it's yeah. changed. Is there not a name, but can you give us a hint on who the next guest is? A hint. Um, I mean, yeah, we could just say it outright. No, 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 no. Hint. Oh. Leave them wanting more. Leave them wanting more. Give us a hint. Give us a hint. Um, Have they already been on the podcast? It's yeah, it's a part two. Okay, then that's all we need. <gasps> Ooh, part two, part two, and it's not us because this is our part two. <laughs> that is true. The first part was like the more organized version of this conversation. I don't know. I feel like this one was we are so our, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. our top was crazy on this one. Yeah, where the bottom, the end of the other yeah. one was wild. Are you gonna pause this at any time so we have our little trickle off? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, all right, we're done. We're out. <laughs> we're done. Bye. We're out. Bye, guys. Oh Bye. my god. So you were saying about. Thank you.